The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. DarkImaginings.com For the deepest, darkest clues, to the backwoods swamp where we hit the bottom, to the inside of your casket, to the fears lying deep inside your subconscious, it's time for the Big Scary Show. My name is Mrs. M with Talking with Mrs. M on YouTube. You are listening to The Big Scary Show. Hey, this is Dee, a.k.a. Witchy Poo, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hi, my name is Kyler with Spirit Division Services, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hi, this is Kingpin the Clown from The Fear Farm, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hello, creeps. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of... The Crypt Keeper. <laughs> and you're listening to The Big Scary Show, the top podcast in the industry. <laughs> Hi, this is Naomi Grossman, Pepper from American Horror Story, and you're listening to The Big Airy, uh, Scary Show. Hello everybody, this is Matt Davis from the Fear Farm in Blacksburg, South Carolina, and you are listening to The Big Scary Show. Hello darling, this is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Ah! You're listening to The Big Scary Show with three big scary men and one that wears more makeup than I do. Halloween is almost here, and the ghosts are so excited that they're pulling out all the stops and making episode 274, our 2022 Halloween Spooktacular. We're bringing you plenty of spooky music, news, interviews, and so much more as we celebrate the greatest of holidays. Storm is ranting about trick-or-treat bags in a hot minute. Meat Hook Jim brings you a special theme to Halloween between the corpses. Badger reads the latest in Deadline News. Plus, he went to Tiny TerrorCon in Hickory, North Carolina, and brings you interviews with some modern horror icons, including the first Jason, the lost Leatherface, and Pepper. As a bonus, he talks with Jen from the Legendary Haunt Tour and discusses how you can close out the haunt season by visiting some really cool haunts in Nashville, Tennessee. The old crone is back and reads us a special ghost story just in time for Halloween. In addition, we might just have a winner of the gruesome giveaway for the month of October. Who won? Stay tuned. We also bring you five, count them five, rocking tunes that all celebrate the season. The Round Table of Terror discusses one of the most iconic images of Halloween, witches. 
We sit down with several modern-day witches and have a conversation about what it's like being a witch in today's society and how they celebrate All Hallows' Eve. Did anyone ride in on a broom? Where do you get Eye of Newt, anyway? And was anyone turned into a frog? Stick around to find out. All this, plus so much more. We hit the body, but you will become an accomplice just by listening to The Big Scary Show. Happy Halloween. No. Horror. No. Horror. Stop it. Horror. <laughs> The ultimate in evil, the absolute in terror from the Shockmasters. Together in the same double shock show, Frankenstein Created Woman and The Mummy Shroud in dripping, dripping color. Greetings, listeners, and happy Halloween. Meat Hook Jim here. I just wanted to take this time to say Halloween is such an amazing season for me. And it has been for years. You know, as a child of four years old, scaring my my mother to all the way up to, you know, working some of the biggest haunts in the country, like the Dent Schoolhouse and Netherworld. It's been a roller coaster ride for me. I've trained actors. I've worked with actors. I've worked with so many great people in this industry. Uh, and I love you all. You guys are great. You know, I, I can't even begin to name all names, but you guys know who I'm talking about. And, you know, and it comes back to the big scary show. We filled a void when, when there was a need. And um, big shout out to all my Koga hosts, uh, Drew, Storm, Jerry, and, uh, and our special correspondent, Jana. And don't forget our other correspondents like Taters, super special correspondent Tater, Wicked Wendy, Sylvia Vile, uh, Dog Soldier. You know, all these people had a hand in shaping how my Halloween has come to be over the years. So, you know, get out there, have fun, enjoy the season. If you're a haunter, get out there and scare as many people as you can. I can't do it quite as much as I used to, but you know what? I went out last week and I had a little bit of fun. So just get out there and have fun. This is what we live for. This is what we work all year for. Happy Halloween from the bottom of my black heart and we'll keep seeing you with every episode of the big scary show and ladies and gentlemen we hope you are enjoying this glorious halloween season the temperatures around here have finally dropped it is perfect fall weather to get out there and enjoy haunts but unfortunately Every good thing must come to an end, and the end of Halloween season will unfortunately be here sooner rather than later. But rather than be upset about that, why not go out with a huge bang and go participate in the legendary haunt tour going on November 11th and 12th, close out the Halloween season 2022 with a bunch of haunters from all over the country, all your friends, all your neighbors, all the haunters in Nashville, Tennessee to go visit some amazing haunted attractions for Legendary Haunt Tour 2022. And of course, whenever we talk about the Legendary Haunt Tour, we always want to go straight to the source. So we have Jen Thaler, 
who runs Legendary Haunt Tour from her home in the Chicago area. Jen, happy Halloween season. Happy Halloween season to you, too. Oh, man, it has been a good one for me. I'm actually acting at a haunt this year for the first time in many years, not just freelancing, but actually, you know, every weekend at the same place. And, you know, I haven't haven't been out to uh, go to a whole bunch of haunts lately, so... I'm really thinking this is going to be something to really be cool, and I might I might just have to go to this. It is it is driving distance for me, but Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee, there are some amazing haunts in that area, and you have picked four of the cooler ones to go to. Let's hear about them. So we're really excited. I mean, not only are the haunts amazing, but, like, who doesn't love Nashville? <laughs> I mean, like, it is absolutely one of my favorite cities to visit. I mean, there's just... A little something for everyone. And we listed on our website some of the great um, attractions, you know, putting aside the haunts. That if you are in Nashville, if you're coming a little bit early and you want to explore some things, there's so much to do there. I mean, there just is. And it's just the vibe of the city just feels great. I mean, I love it. Um, So we're really excited to be hosting this year's Legendary Haunt Tour there. Can't, can't argue with that. Plus, you know, hot chicken, country music, a lot of clubs, the, bat, the <laughs> yes, Batman definitely. building. Good Lord, you know, Nashville's got a lot of cool stuff. But, uh, you know, speaking of the haunts, what are the haunts on the itinerary? When would you be going to said haunts on which days and all the stuff that's going on? Let, let's do a little walkthrough. Let's say I get into town Thursday and wondering what to do. Well, Thursday night, we do not have any haunt tours, but there are like Jack Daniels Distillery. There's so much to do on Thursday so that if you end up wanting to come in, you can pick one of those great things. Our tour, in order to, you know, I know a lot of people are still closing out the haunt season. Our tour begins on Friday. So it's Friday, November 12th and 13th. So our registration opens Friday around 2.30 at the hotel. We've got a great location at the Holiday Inn on Broadway in the downtown area, which is walkable to everything. So I'm, I'm really excited this year that we were able to be in the heart of Nashville. Nice. So I think that's just great within itself. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to check people in. We're excited to see everyone this year. We have Granite Insurance as our main sponsor. And as always, Fear Ticket is another sponsor of us. They do a great job in ticketing all our events. So. We're very excited about that. Um, and so the buses, so you'll check in around 2.30 and hang out, get a chance to see people. I know everyone loves to commiserate after the season. And then our first, the buses will start loading at 4.15 on Friday. Sometimes on Friday, there has a tendency to be a little bit of traffic in the Nashville area. Um, so we're going to load the, we're going to depart around 4.30 just give ourselves a little bit of extra time to get to Miller's Thrillers, which will be our first haunted house on the tour. We're serving dinner on site there. And to your point, we're bringing in Martin's Barbecue, which is amazing. It's one of Nashville's favorites. So we're really excited to kind of give you that Nashville feeling dinner. Um, And on our website, it lists everything about you can build your own smoked turkey, sandwich, breast sandwich. You can have pulled pork. We've got you know, the baked beans, the slaw, the whole, like, Nashville flavor. So we've got a bunch of food um, there, and then you'll get a chance to tour as well Miller's Thrillers. Um, David Miller, who's the owner of it, is so excited to host everyone. 
He'll be on site as well to be able to answer any questions people have regarding the event. And um, that'll be great. So I think people will get to see, you know, kind of a different event. He's got a lot of different things than you see in traditional haunted houses. So I think it's going to be great um, for people to get out there and really check it out and see what he's built out there. Um, We're going to be seeing two haunts that night, which we don't normally do. But we're going to also go to Devil's Dungeon Haunted House. Um, We're going to leave David's probably between 8 and 8.15 and head out to Devil's Dungeon. And we're going to arrive at Devil's Dungeon around 9. He's going to be doing a full show with actors. Plus, he's going to be doing a behind-the-scenes tour there. We're going to be having some cocktails there and snacks while you kind of can go behind the scenes and see things. And then around 10.30, the buses are going to leave to go back to the Holiday Inn. And you're back there by 10.40. So it gives you kind of a chance that night, if you want to explore Broadway, to go down there and really get the flavor for the city. So we wanted to allow for at least one night for you guys to really enjoy, you know, everything Broadway has to offer. I assume the hotel's got a bar and lounge where, if, in case you did not want to go down and check out Broadway, that you can just hang around and talk shop with everybody? You can talk shop, but unfortunately, this hotel does not have a bar, which Uh, we don't normally do, but we really wanted this hotel based on the location. So I'm sure we can figure out a couple of meetups if people want to hang out afterwards and have drinks, Um, but it will not be, the hotel does not have a bar. Okay. So we have have gone through Friday, we've checked out Miller's Thrillers, we've checked out Devil's Dungeon, we've had a great barbecue dinner, we've gone back, we've wandered around Broadway, seen some clubs, seen some sites, probably done some amazing people watching. Saturday, Nashville is just a wide open town, and I assume people are on their own as far as hanging out and doing stuff during the day? Yeah, so I I figured, at first I was going to plan some stuff to do during the day, but I figure there's so much that, you know, after talking to a lot of people, people had different ideas of what they wanted to do. So I didn't really want to lock anyone in for that day in particular. So it gives you a chance to kind of explore the city. You know, a lot of people are literally just flying in on Friday and flying back out on Sunday. Either their haunts are still open and they have to get back for the wrap party. So I tried to, like, give people a little bit of time to explore as well as obviously be able to see these amazing haunts. So Saturday is wide open. Um, We will have a list of activities for people if they want to enjoy them on Saturday when they check in or attractions around the area for people to explore. So um, we also put you in such a great area that most things are in walking distance, which is really great. So I'm excited about that. So around 4.30, the buses will start to load on Saturday. Um, They will depart from the Holiday Inn probably about a quarter to five, and they're going to take you to Slaughterhouse. That's going to be an amazing thing. Um, They have an amazing facility. It's very different than a lot of other things. Above their haunt, they even have an old-time movie theater Mm. where people see movies, they could have dinner. So you're going to get a chance to go through the the haunted house, be able to ask questions from the owners. And then while you're waiting for people to finish up, we're going to take you upstairs to be comfortable and watch an old-time movie with like a bag of popcorn just so that, you know, you're not standing around afterwards and you get a chance to kind of commiserate and talk about the haunt while you're enjoying some popcorn, before we depart there to make our way to Nashville Nightmare. That's the big one. So Nashville Nightmare, we're all very excited about. We are going to be serving dinner there, um, but we're bringing in 
Patty B's. If anyone knows oh anything, gosh. hot chicken. The hot and chicken queen. Everyone loves it. We have three different levels of chicken. <laughs> so we didn't want to go to the extreme of the fourth and fifth, but we went with the first three. Um, so, you know, those are like chicken tenders that have different types of heat. We've got a lot of different stuff with that. You're going to be able to have your southern greens, the pimento mac and cheese, the red skin potatoes. You know, you've got the sweet tea, the lemonade. We've even got dessert with that with the banana pudding and the peach cobbler, all sorts of things. So dinner is going to be wonderful there. I know Brad's bringing in a band as well, Brad Webb, um, with 13th Floor Haunted House. So we're going to be doing that. And um, we're going to take you through his different shows. He's got a bunch of different shows there. So we're going to be walking you through those. And you're also going to get an opportunity, if you want, to play some mini escape games or do their axe throwing. That is all included as well in your ticket price. Oh, very nice. So it's going to be a big night there. Um, we're going to have an after party. You guys know 13th floor. We know 13th floor. There's drinks. There's alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> it, you wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a tour at 13th floor without it. So we're going to have a nice little after party. Everything's going to kind of be wrapped into one. So there's a little something for everyone. If you want to hear the band, if you want to do axe throwing, if you want to just hang out, if you want to do some mini escapes. So it's going to be a great night. Saturday is definitely going to be a great day, and we're all super excited about that. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of the tour in a nutshell, you know? A little bit of something for everyone, seeing some old-time legendary haunts that are in Nashville, um, as well as, you know, seeing some of the newer ones like Brad Webb, I mean, like um, David Miller, and obviously, you've got Nashville Nightmare, which is world-renowned. So we're all really excited about the tour. So people who haven't made a decision, come on down. So far, our numbers for the tour are up from where we usually are at this time. Um, the one thing I can say is try to make your decision before October 25th if you're coming, because the prices still stay at the pre-show price until then. And then the prices do go up after that time. So... We're excited to have everyone. You know, I think it's going to be a great year to kind of gather around and talk about how everyone's season was. We're really excited about that. And all the different haunts are going to be doing that. Um, that I didn't touch on. Brad, at his dinner, too, they'll do a recap of 13th Floor and Nashville Nightmare and how everything went. And as well as Brad and his team will be on site to answer any questions you guys have about their haunt. So I really think it's a great educational piece. Um, and take advantage of it. And just to clarify, Jen, you know, we talk about all your fellow haunters that are working at haunted attractions around the country. And that's, you know, frankly, that's a large portion of the people that go to Legendary. But this is open to the general public if you just love haunted houses. This is not just for people who work in the industry, correct? Correct. I mean, we it's definitely open for enthusiasts. It really kind of pulls up the curtain. And people that love Halloween so much really get a chance to kind of see how all things operate. So it's a pretty neat thing for a lot of people that just love Halloween. I have a couple neighbors in my town that every year go to the haunt tour because they just, they feel it offers something that they can't get, you know, when they just walk through a regular haunted house. So it's really a really great experience, you know, for everyone, for whether, to your point, whether you're in the industry, if you're an owner, if you're an operator, or you're just an enthusiast. And since I usually get to go to about 15 or 20 every season just because of, you know, where I live and, and not that I'm working anywhere, you know, this is awesome. But the fact that I am working at a haunt this year, 
I have only been able to go to a couple of others when I were when I was not working. So, you know, this is an opportunity to go to see some haunts that I would not normally be able to go see, especially if you live in a faraway state. You know, I'm only one state over, but this is definitely something that uh, you should go check out. For people who are driving in, would there be um, and would there be an option for them to drive to these events as opposed to taking a bus because maybe they don't want to stay for the after party or anything like that? Um, if it's something that they want, they can they can let me know. We can try to figure something out. We we always try to make it work for everyone. Sure, you know, just want to don't make sure. don't sell that ticket traditionally because obviously we have to let the buses know how many people are coming and we like to really keep things on track. And sometimes when people drive on their own, they can either get kind of, you know, separated from the group or they're not getting the full experience of the tour because they missed something. They were a little late. So we really try to encourage people to take the bus and really be part of the evening and network on the bus as well. I mean, a lot of things happen when you're riding on the bus for an hour, but oh, yeah. you know, if <laughs> figure something out i'm not my you know please don't hesitate to send me an email or give me a call because we're happy to work with you as well of course and for people wanting information on the legendary haunt tour happening the second weekend in november to go visit miller's thrillers devil's dungeon slaughterhouse and of course nashville nightmare how can people get that information they can go ahead and reserve their tickets get a hotel room get all the information with websites and social medias. So everything's on our website at thelegendaryhauntour.com. We've got all of that information. We've got the itinerary. Of, we've got uh, tickets, you know, obviously for purchase. And please, if you're thinking about going, definitely sign up before October 25th so that you can take advantage of that discount. We've got the hotels on the website. Um, unfortunately, the hotel price, you know, we were hammering people trying to let them know, but Unfortunately, it went up a bit after October 18th. Um, the price did raise a little bit, but, you know, definitely it's still a really good deal for Nashville. Nashville seems to be very, November seems to very, be a very hot time of year. So, um, you know, hotels are, are a bit expensive. But I know a lot of people that are getting Airbnbs too. So, I mean, as long as you can get yourself to the hotel, however it works best for you and your group, you know, we're happy to accommodate. Well, once again, folks, legendaryhauntour.com for all things regarding the Legendary Haunt Tour 2022 happening in Music City, USA, home of country music, hot chicken, the Batman building, and of course, these fantastic haunts all in the area. Jen, it is always a delight to speak to you. Will you be announcing the 2023 dates at Legendary this year? I hope to be. If not, they'll definitely be announced in February at Transworld. Okay. So That's well, up sooner than we think. <laughs> yes, it is. So, you know, check out haaashow.com for information on Transworld in February. But tonight we're talking Legendary Haunt Tour. So go to legendaryhauntour.com. Jen Thaler, a pleasure once again, to have you here on The Big Scary Show, and I'd like to wish you, on behalf of the show, a very happy Halloween. You got any special plans? Yes, we are throwing a black light party for the kids for Halloween. We're mm. very excited. The neighborhood's coming. So we wanted to do a little bit something different. So I think it's going to be great. 
think, you know, Halloween's a big day in this house. <laughs> I can <laughs> only <always> imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so get your day glow, folks. But anyway, Jen, always a pleasure to have you here on the Big Scary Show. Once again, folks, legendaryhauntour.com. And hopefully we'll see you in Nashville. The old crone has found the best cure for those post-Halloween blues. Head to the Legendary Haunt Tour in Nashville, Tennessee, November 11th and 12th. You'll visit Tennessee's terrifying Slaughterhouse Nashville, Devil's Dungeon, and Haunted Hell, the Miller's Thrillers Haunted Woods, and Nashville Nightmare, all in just two nights. Tickets on sale now at legendaryhaunttour.com. I promise you'll either be cured or dead. <laughs> Psycho Charger, tonight is Halloween on the Big Scary Show.
Hello folks, Drew Badger here at Tiny Terracon in Hickory, North Carolina, chatting with all the cool kids, and one of the haunts that is representing out here is a fear farm down in Blacksburg, South Carolina. They, um, they have a true rising from the ashes, so to speak, story. They're, for those who remember, there was a tremendous fire out there a few years ago. Bounced back. They're bigger and better than ever. I've got Matt here, the owner. How are you doing, sir? Hey, Drew. How are you doing, man? Uh, appreciate you having us on today. We decided to come up here today and get a booth um, just to try this out. And It's been, been pretty cool. There's been a lot of nice people that are interested in our stuff. and uh, just want to get the word out there that we are back and better than ever we did have the fire like you mentioned uh we actually never closed down a day uh we kept going and kept going but it did take a while and now i really feel like as the owner and our staff i feel like we are back better than ever uh this year we're back to five attractions next year we're going to add a sixth and next year is actually our 13th year which Congrats. yeah which is in our business uh a very thir- lucky number 13 <laughs> is our number my birthday is october 13th my, my daughter was born on the 13th so 13 is my go-to, so next year we have so much exciting stuff. Um, but we're also still open this year, so we still have uh, Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays through Halloween, and then Halloween's on a Monday this year. So uh, if you're in our area and you want to see something great, scfearfarm.com, come out and see us in Blacksburg, South Carolina. It, it sounds like a fun time. It's been a number of years. I think 15 or 16 was probably the last time I came out there. Very, very creepy, very spooky. The giant barn that was there was tremendous but you have come back you've got new and now you know new attractions you've got um, other things going on escape rooms and all that um how hard was it to bounce back you said you didn't even close after the fire but that you know that that's a major accomplishment because that was from what i saw what i read that was devastating it looked like it was yeah the, uh, the big barn was eight thousand square feet uh so if you if you're in the haunted house business or if you're even a fan you can realize uh, how many trinkets and little things that you built over the years uh, that would fill up 8,000 square feet. So and it's all wood, isn't it? it mostly wood <laughs> and, and, of course, latex and stuff that uh, stuff that likes to burn away to nothing. So it was uh, heartbreaking for sure. And at the end of that season, we just had to make our decision, do we do we go forward or not? And we all just sat around and we're like, we're not going to let this you know kill us. We're going to have to keep moving. So... Um, we made the made do with that season, dropped our ticket price. We had a couple of side attractions, and then we just started building back. And like I say, here we are. Um, next year, we should be up to six attractions. And I'm and a lot of people call attractions attractions like a, a two-second walkthrough. Ours are legitimate haunted house attractions. So it takes this year, we're, we've been timing it out around 41 minutes, 45 minutes for a group to go through all five. Nice. Um, so I, I feel like you're getting a lot for your value. And, and we're still one of the – least i guess expensive in the area 25 dollar ticket on fridays uh we have a on 28 dollars on saturdays but we also do live bands we've got traveling side shows that are coming next week we've got celebrity guests we got the tiger king coming uh we've got uh naomi grossman on october 28th uh if you're listening to this you might get to come meet her from american horror story we're doing all kinds of things this year and uh next year even better we're 13th year we're going to try to do 13 different uh, events next year for our 13th year, 13 nights. Each event is going to be one, and I know one that I talked about with you that you are super excited about because a man like you likes a good taco. Don't, don't, you know. I hope that's not a fat joke because I gloriously will accept that, though. And, and so a man like me and a man like you like a good taco. So next year Halloween is on a Tuesday. We thought, why not combine tacos and terror? 
for a Taco Tuesday Terror Night. Taco so, Tuesdays of Terror. You, <laughs> ha, ha, there are scary tacos <laughs> everywhere. And if you come down next year, put go ahead and mark your calendar now, as a matter of fact. 2023, eat a taco, have some terror, and come to the Fear Farm, and we're going to be there waiting on you. That, that sounds amazing. And, and something you mentioned earlier I want to just double, double touch back on. You're here at Tiny TerrorCon because you want to meet the fans, you want to promote, and all this. You know, every single haunted house in every single area that's got a convention that shows up should probably buy a booth. And, you know, your entire demographic, every single person that buys a ticket to a horror con is your demographic. So I'm glad you're here. I've seen people just swarming your booth, getting questions. You're handing out flyers and cards everywhere. So it looks like, you know, it's a good experiment and it looks like it works. And again, folks out there, if you own a haunted attraction and you've got a convention coming to your show, get a booth. Bring your actors. We talked to Kingpin the Clown out here. He's out here scaring people, sliding around, doing all his clown stuff. And, um, you know, I'm glad you guys are out here doing it because, you know, I love talking to haunted attractions, and this is one of the best places to do it. We feel like, uh, you know, and we're also horror fans as well. I mean, me and me and Josh, my manager, we collect all the autographs. We do all the horror stuff at, at these conventions as well. Love the, the horror movies. Obviously, you're a haunted you house owner, right? right? So <laughs> that's a part of it as well. But, um, yeah, we just wanted to, you know, show the, the fans that we're uh, – we're a real deal, and we're into it as much as you are. And we actually, Halloween Ends came out, and uh, we had our hearse at the drive-in movie theater. We've done a lot of things to promote the industry this year, and we think the more people that see us and get a hold of us, the better. So let that be a lesson to all you haunt owners out there. If you have a convention coming to your town, go get a booth. So your, your demographic is there. But for people wanting to know more about SC Fear Farm or the Fear Farm in Blacksburg, South Carolina, I'm assuming there are websites and social medias and everything where people can get more information. You're closing on after Halloween. You're not going to be open the first weekend in November, but there is still time to go up I-85 from Charlotte or Spartanburg, Greenville area, or even Atlanta, or come down 26 from Asheville or anywhere to come see a really, really scary haunt in Blacksburg. Yeah, it's, it's scfearfarm.com. That's our website. Check it out. We have over 20,000 Facebook followers on our Facebook. We have Instagram. We have everything, even TikTok. I finally got with TikTok in 2022. I still don't know what TikTok I, does. I had to but... pay a 16-year-old girl to do it for me. <laughs> I'm not going to lie at all. But we're on there, and um, we would love for you guys to follow us. And if we have, you know, you have any questions you're ever in the area, please come see us. Tell us you heard about us on the Big Scary Show, and we will... Uh, Definitely give you a pat on the back and a Fear Farm sticker. There you go, folks. A a deal at twice the price. Once again, (laughs) folks, scfearfarm.com, Blacksburg, South Carolina. Go see them. There's still time this Halloween season. But today, we're in Hickory, North Carolina here at Tiny TerrorCon. My name is Drew Badger for The Big Scary Show, and we are out. Spectral Illusions is a digital production studio creating video effects for your home or pro haunt. They carry over 30 stock videos ready for immediate download, as well as USB drives preloaded with multiple effects. In partnership with AAXA Technologies, they now carry projectors preloaded with multiple effects. And now Big Scary Show listeners can get 15% off downloads, USBs, and screens with code BIGSCARY15. Projectors not included. Visit SpectralIllusions.com and add some life to your haunt. That's SpectralIllusions.com.
Broadcasting to you from the darkest reaches of the Earth. This is A Haunt Minute. And now, with this week's commentary, Storm. Alright, it's Halloween, and guess what? It's time to protect your candy. And Hershey's has got a way for you to protect your candy. Yeah, Hershey's. You're saying people who a couple months ago were trying to tell us there'll be a Halloween candy shortage so that you need to buy more Halloween candy right away in August. Well, they have a new ploy going out there. It's actually, you know, pretty smart, but marketing evil. Uh, They have a special limited edition trick-or-treat bag that you can get. And um, it has a secret uh, compartment, a little secret zipper pouch for you to put your Reese's in there. That way, you know, when you get the good candy, you can hide it when, you know, friends and family trade or or raid your candy bag and and steal it from trick-or-treating. Good idea in all sense, but how do you get these bags? Well, it's in the past, so you can't do it. You could only go on to the Hershey's website on uh, October 19th. And if you ordered their 9-ounce bags through the Hershey's website for the low, low price of $6.99 each, you might get one. Yes, you, you could get one depending on supplies and, you know, uh, what they got. God knows if they'd even get the people, you know, by Halloween. But yes, you could get this bag that they don't actually show that has a secret compartment shaped like a jack-o'-lantern that you can hide your Reese's in by buying very expensive Reese's from the website. Again, we trust you Reese's people because you tried to tell us there wasn't going to be enough candy at Halloween. Yeah. Um, So get out there, trick or treat, just find a better way to hide your good candies from that and trade for the popcorn balls and the circus peanuts and, you know, get out there, enjoy and uh, get that sugar high. Happy Halloween and keep every minute scary. Tune in next episode for another Haunt Minute. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com. Here we go. Hello, everybody. Drew Badger here. We are live at Tiny Terracon in Hickory, North Carolina. We're having a cool time and always cool to hang around this guy, the man who kind of started the whole Friday the 13th Jason thing, the original first Jason, the master of the guitar, the man with the smashingest and coolest mustache goatee combo in the industry, plus leather wristbands with lots of cool spikes on them, none other than Ari Lehman. How are you, sir? Drew, it's great to see you, man. Always wonderful to see you. That's right. I am the first. You know, this long and wonderful um, um, legacy. I guess you really could call it a legacy. You can't call it anything the but. Voorhees legacy. And, 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 and I hasten to add that last night we lost Ted White. Who was the, I did not know that. Oh my gosh! I'm oh so sorry. Oh my gosh! I didn't. I, I He's thought, awesome. I thought you had. had I've been working. This I haven't is checked a the moment. Socials. Then wow. Oh wow. Okay, take it easy. Moment of silence, folks. The man who was John Wayne's stunt double for seventeen for, years, forever. For he was also 
the stunt coordinator of many, many of the World War II films we all know and love and served to inspire generations. I mean, those movies, they, they just are the epitome of, of, of great Hollywood, in my opinion. And, and, and yes, we lost him last night at a very... He lived such a wonderful, full life, and, and I think he... he, he he uh, he punched his time card at 97. There you go. So that, and no got regrets. his wings, and I know he went right up, right up to our Lord's arms, well, because he was he was just such a wonderful person. And, and probably he, went to go hang out with John. I'm telling you, and he he um, he was a churchgoer, and he was just a good good guy. I just remember he would always say, I said to him every Sunday, he would always look so wonderful. He would always wear a, a wonderful jacket. I don't know if you remember, but he had a red jacket, a white jacket. And I said to him one time, man, you always look so great on Sunday. Because, you know, me and my metal gear, you know. And he said, but Ari, it's Sunday, you know. It's Sunday after all. And, you know, you felt that vibe, you know. Just a vibe of, of, of he just loved people so much. I mean, I'll tell you a good story about him real quick. Um, I was up in, uh, in Niagara Falls, and I was, I was signing, and somebody picked me up from behind, like, by my arms and chest, and I was dangling in midair and I, I said oh my gosh I put me down and, and uh, sure enough he was Ted White he said I got you and I said whoa Ted and he said now Ari we were in Niagara Falls and my band had to go to Niagara Falls New York to play a show and then come back across the border right right, right. so he heard this and he thought oh no because <laughs> he knows me and my crazy ways so he said now Ari Good luck with customs. Right. I heard that you're crossing the border tonight, so here's my card. If you get in trouble, you better call me. <laughs> because if I hear that you got in trouble and you don't call me, you will be in trouble with me. Oh, and that's Ted White. Want, no, you don't want Ted mad at your anger. No, but it just that kind of father kind of way of sure. he didn't have to do that he could say oh are screwed i'll bail him <laughs> out later i'll send him i'll bail him out but no what a wonderful person man. quick quick moment of silence pour one out for ted white all right man that was uh, a touching story i enjoyed that but um let's let's talk a little bit about the convention let's talk about sunday by the way since you brought up sunday and the fact that the nice suits and everything i know this will air after the fact but on sunday you're making an appearance at the haunted pyramids which happens to be where i've been doing some acting this year and putting on a concert with first jason i didn't realize yeah i'm working i'm kind of doing stuff and I, i have to ask is it written in your contract that when you make an appearance, your band has to go play a show? Because it seems like ah, everywhere ah, ah, you're ah, making an ah, appearance, you're doing a show with so First nice Jason. you to ask that. Well, the way I look at it is this. I'm an entertainer, not a celebrity. So if I'm really going to be able to bring the full value of the experience that fans will really find memorable, fans of all ages will find memorable, then we got to have the band there. And it's just me. I mean, we drove here from Chicago. We're happy to do that. We love doing that. We play shows all along the way. We played in Lafayette, Indiana. We played in Knoxville, Tennessee last night. Oh, yeah, we were at the Brickyard. We tore the roof off the place. So You're playing Hickory tonight, I Yeah, we're playing in Hickory tonight and and in, in Lawndale tomorrow. I mean, to us... That is what we do all the time. Yeah, and tonight it's going to be at the Gateway Pub here in Hickory. But um, 
Yeah, to us, that is the, what it's all about. We got to open for Ice Nine Kills. We got to open for Twisted. So we, all of that kind of stuff has led us to a different role. Now they just announced we'll be opening for Power Man 5000 oh, wow. down at Spookala. So I think that what it is is, it, had I just said, okay, I'll do the flights and the first-class flights and the five-star hotels, Instead of expect no less. Instead of yes, bringing two other guys on who oh, I pay salary to and paying gas and hotels all along the way, but that choice because yes, we're also playing shows Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. See, so we add to the whole picture and like Sunday. So, and sometimes I'll do toy shops where we we meet kids and and the whole thing is it all adds up to a you know. Almost 24-7, 365 days a week job when we bring the band factor in. So doing that put us in the eyes of people like Ice Nine Kills and Twisted. So now Spencer Charnas from Ice Nine Kills is in our new video. Cool. We have a video up called The Scapegoat, and uh, that's our newest video. And it, it was filmed in Scranton, Pennsylvania, in a place that used to be a church and is now a nightclub. And during the day with the stained glass and amazing, it just looks incredible. Oh, wow. So Spencer Jarnis of Ice Nine Kills is in our new video. I'll be honest, I'm seeing more appearances by First Jason than I am. You know, obviously you're making appearances as well, but, you know, it looks like that's really taking off. And, you know, I saw you guys at a little club in South Carolina. Oh, gosh, it's got to be like 10 or 11 years ago. Yeah. But it was a fantastic show. I look forward to the show tomorrow at, at the Pyramids. But um, my goodness, you guys are just busy doing that. I love it. Well, you see, the the thing is, with a band and using music, you could just reach so many people so fast. You can reach people all over the world so quickly. And and music just has a way of, 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 like, look, not only are we we in with that, that scene, we got in on the thrash scene here in North Carolina through John McKenty and Incantation. They had us at the Carolina Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. So we opened for Incantation, Nuclear Assault, Demolition Hammer. Okay, it, that kind of an experience changes you. And that's man. crossing over, too, from playing. I got up on stage with my guitar, bro, <laughs> at a thrash fest. And they're looking at you like, what the hell? And then you slew it, I'll bet. 30 seconds later, they were eating it. <laughs> you know, they loved it. And we got a, such a warm reception. But that speaks volumes about the metal community because they're so open-hearted and so open-eared. Punk and metal, they've given me time to find my voice and then when I found it they said you go and you knock it out of the park and they they've just been so encouraging I can't say that one would always find that same response to one's artistic efforts in the movie business which is is so challenging and I'm just not that I'm not the guy to deal with that schmoozy (laughs) politics I love doing stuff just like this right here, Drew. So I know you'd rather make your uh, your income playing first, Jason, and meeting your fans and everything, rather than taking some B movie that's not really going to help your career. Or even if it was a, a, even if it was, if someone said, "Okay, we want you to do a feature," or we want you to do like my good friend Alex is doing with the Chucky series, I'm so happy for him. I got to admit. I have the type of discipline to get on the road and to be out there and to do, to get the shows happening and get on stage. 
it takes a different type of patience to sit on that movie set, say one line, go back to your trailer, say the line again, go back to your trailer, say the line again. I need that visceral <laughs> rush. I'll admit it. So I, hats off to those actors who, who have the patience, and then they can make it happen. I was talking to the great Michael Madsen once, and he said, yeah, that's, that's what it's all about. You turn it on, you turn it off. There goes Naomi Grossman, another example of great actress. She's making an appearance tonight. I don't think I'm such a great actor. I'm a better musician. (laughs) Well, speaking of that, you've got a lot of people here, so let's wind it down kind of bit. You said you're appearing at Spookala. That's Ocala, Florida, coming up soon. Oh, yeah. Where else is First Jason and Ari Lehman making appearances over the next, say, two months? We're going to be at... For the Love of Horror in Manchester, England, next weekend. Then after that, we're making our way down. We'll be in Fort Worth, Texas on October 28th at the Rail Bar. Then we're at the big event that's happening in Houston at the Wildcatter Saloon with Houston Horror Film Festival on October 29th. And that's going to be a lot of fun. Just check out firstjason.com. And we want to hear from all of you. And remember, Jason never dies. Do, do you? Uh, can you also get appearances schedules for yourself without First Jason at FirstJason.com, or do you yeah, have a separate well, it's account? It's all up there. All the convention and everything, as soon as I update it again, will be up there. So once again, <laughs> folks, check out FirstJason.com. Ari Lehman, always a pleasure, sir, to speak to you here. It's always grand to hear your stories, and we look forward to checking First Jason out. Hopefully coming soon to a town or horror convention near you. That's right. It's such a pleasure. Thank you, brother. My name is Drew Badger for The Big Scary Show here at Tiny Terror Con in Hickory, North Carolina. And we are out. Thank you, brother. Good evening. My name is Deadfield, the zombie butler. Visit me and all my friends here at vfxcreates.com and check out the new Putrid Pete the zombie puppet. We have several new products that you might want to see. (laughs) See you soon at vfxcreates.com Music by Midnight Syndicate. Hello everyone, this is Drew Badger and this is Deadline News for episode 200 and 74 and we start off with this update to days of the dead coming to chicago it is with great pleasure that we announce the addition of legendary rapper and artist violent j to the guest roster for days of the dead chicago happening november 18th through the 20th at the crown plaza o'hare violent j is an american rapper record producer professional wrestler and part of the hip-hop duo insane clown posse He's co-founder of the record label Psychopathic Records with fellow ICP rapper Shaggy Two Dope and their former manager Alex Abyss. Also along with Ulster, Violent J is the co-founder of the professional wrestling promotion Juggalo Championship Wrestling. Get more information and tickets at daysofthedead.com. We have this news from Kane Hodder and Jimmy J Entertainment. This winter just got hotter. Jimmy J Entertainment and Horror 365 are putting together a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for horror fans, especially Friday the 13th fans, on December 10th as Kane Hodder will be barreling through Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, raising hell, making his way to Allentown, and taking over Pennsylvania inside of the Palace Center 
located at 623 Hanover Avenue in Bethlehem. We'll be providing you with a one-of-a-kind experience that's very intimate. Tickets are limited. If you're a professional cosplayer or plan on attending the event in costume, we have a special deal from now until October 31st. We've added a special cosplayer general admission ticket. This is not a convention, it's a special evening dedicated to Kane. If you want to be part of something different and be a part of this VIP event, grab your tickets while you can, because once the dinner is sold out, it's sold out. General admission tickets will be available up until the day before, but there will be no tickets sold at the door. Get more information at facebook.com slash jimmyjentertainment. We have this news from the Blairstown Bash Costume Party coming to Blairstown, New Jersey. The Freaks and Creeps will be out before midnight. Join us on Halloween Eve as we showcase the first ever Blairstown Bash Costume Party on the grounds of one of the original filming locations for Friday the 13th, the iconic Blairstown Diner, on Sunday, October 30th from 3 to 9 p.m. There'll be live music costume competitions, raffles, vendors, and more. The diner will be shutting down for the town at 3 p.m., but will remain open to all guests to grab some grub and blood. The parking lot will be covered with a party tent, so get your monster mash on. There'll be walking acts of magic and horror, as well as free jello shots for those who purchase tickets in advance, and there's free parking. Get more information at their Facebook page, facebook.com slash Blair's Town Diner. Mm. We have this update from the Preserve Halloween Festival coming to Irving, Texas. We are excited to welcome Daniel Kuntz to the lineup for 2022's event. You may know him from roles on Ghost Whisperer, Just Shoot Me, Third Rock from the Sun, or Crossing Jordan. For more information or to purchase tickets to the Preserve Halloween Festival happening November 18th through the 20th, please visit PreserveHalloweenFest.com We have some fun news from Puppo Ween coming to the Highwire Brewing Company in Louisville, Kentucky. We're celebrating Halloween in style with our annual dog costume contest. Bring your furry friends dressed up in a costume and win prizes in a handful of categories. Entry is free, but just be sure to sign up starting at 3 p.m. in our tap room. We only have room for 20 contestants per category. The contest starts at 4.30. Categories include the best overall dog, the best couple, dog and human, the best group, dog and two humans or more, and more. Winners will receive a $25 high wire gift card and $25 feeder supply gift card. Plus, we'll have specialty dog treats available from 12 to 6 p.m. Happening Saturday, October 29th at High Wire Brewing in Louisville. Get more information at facebook.com slash High Wire Brewing Louisville. We have this update from Monster Mania 52 coming to Oaks, Pennsylvania. We still have one last show this year. Be sure to join us for Monster Mania Con 52 the weekend of November 11th through the 13th at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center. Fans have constantly requested that we host a show at a convention center, so that's what we're doing. We booked the venue, we've almost doubled the amount of vendors we had at Oaks last year, and we're bringing in Robert England, Slipknot's Corey Taylor, Heather Langenkamp, and the Nightmare on Elm Street 3 reunion, the Crypt Keeper John Kassir, Halloween's Tyler Maine, 
Michael Bailey Smith in a special Super Freddy in costume photo op, Monster Squad's Duncan Redger and Ashley Bank, The Crow's James O'Barr, and many, many more great stars. Don't miss the last Monster Mania Con of the year. Tickets are now on sale. Get more information at monstermania.net. We have this news on a special Halloween party coming to Morganton, North Carolina. What is spookier than small children taking over the streets of downtown Morganton? Only adorable small children taking over the streets dressed up as Thor, mermaids, detectives, race car drivers, all hyped up on candy. Downtown Morganton cannot wait to have our Halloween spooktacular return this year. Prepare the kiddos for downtown trick-or-treating, costume contests, games, and hayrides. You won't want to miss out on this wonderful, free community event. More information can be found at facebook.com slash downtownmorganton.nc. We do have some haunted attraction news. I know you've been wondering about that, so we're going to give you some from the Basement of the Dead in Aurora, Illinois. November 5th is our last night open for the 2022 season, and it's our blackout night where you and your friends are only given one glow stick to find your way out of the 120-year-old haunted 15,000-square-foot basement in total darkness, unknown 100-year-old spirits lurking, full animatronics, and full actors. There are limited tickets available, so don't wait. Reserve your spot now. Get tickets and more information at basementofthedead.com. We have this news from the Frightland Haunted Attraction in Middletown, Delaware. On November 4th, do you dare join us for our blackout event? We'll give your group one small glow stick and send you throughout our eight attractions in pitch black conditions. We'll be waiting for you. Get more information and tickets at frightland.com. We have this from the Aura Haunted House in Bartonville, Illinois. Blackout Night is a special two-night-only event in total darkness with one glow stick for your group, not for each person, to guide your way through. Watch out for the carnage and terror along the way. Aura Blackout Night is the most intense haunted house experience event of the year and for true horror fans only. We have a discount offer. Pre-purchase your Blackout Night tickets while at Aura or online and save $10 off of your Blackout tickets for November 4th or 5th. Some restrictions do apply. Get more information at facebook.com slash Aura Haunted House. We have this news from the Haunted Pyramids in Lawndale, North Carolina. We are so excited to let everyone know that Grandpa Munster himself, Mr. Daniel Roebuck, will be here on October 31st. Go through the five different haunts and then meet and hang out with Daniel Roebuck on Halloween. How cool is that? The Haunted Pyramids is located at 2745 Tony Road in Lawndale. Get more information at hauntedpyramids.com. And finally, we have this news from the Endless Night Vampire Ball coming to New Orleans. Endless Night Productions and Father Sebastian are proud to present New Orleans Vampire Ball 2022 Memento Immortalitas, remember your immortality, to be held on Saturday, October 29th at the Legendary House of Blues, located right in the middle of the French Quarter at 225 Decatur Street. 
Described as a Venetian masquerade meets a vampire court with the energy of a rock concert and the elegance of a burlesque cabaret, these events are a series of masquerade ball themes, soirees, produced by Impressionario Father Sebastian, which we began in New York City in 1996 with the Vampire Ball of New York and the main gala event, the New Orleans Vampire Ball over Halloween weekend. More information and ticket info can be found at EndlessNight.com slash New Orleans 2022. Remember, folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs> Enter the haunted world of Fright Find and discover an environment dedicated to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunted attractions as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference Fright Find will make in your haunt listing. Turned it on, let's see how it goes here. Hello everybody, Drew Badger here. We are live on the road back at the Haunted Pyramids. I am actually acting this weekend. It's been the first time I've haunt, acted in a haunt in a little bit, so nice to get back into the makeup here. But as we mentioned last show, one of the cool things about the Haunted Pyramid is they got a slew of guest stars, including this gentleman next to me, Brett Wagner. You might know him from a little film called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You might know him from The Crazies. Lots of other things. Brett, how are you doing, sir? Good, buddy. Just getting ready for hopefully a busy night. And uh, nice. Not, it's not humid out. It's really nice. So I'm not, I'm not getting heat stroke as I did in the movie with my outfit on tonight. Fall in the Carolinas is nice. Usually the humidity's down a little bit. You know, we had that little hurricane a few weeks ago, but everything is uh, nice and dry. The leaves are changing. It's probably gonna get down the 50s tonight. So should be a fantastic night here at the Haunted Pyramids. Yeah, we're pretty pumped up. I've heard a lot of good things about this. And, uh, you know, Tony runs it's a good guy. So I was uh, four hours away uh, last weekend uh, filming a movie called The Grind in uh, Irwin, Tennessee. and. We're here this weekend, and so hopefully, fingers crossed, we have a great crowd. Yeah, always, you know, and, and the closer we get to Halloween, of course, the more busy it'll be. But, uh, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is an iconic series of films. They've had TV, they've had all that. When people come, in, come up to shows and talk to you, is it primarily Texas Chainsaw, or do they talk about your other bodies of work? I mean, it just depends. You know, so my story is, is that I, in 2003, I was cast as the the only Leatherface to be in the movie. And unfortunately, after the first kill, I got heat stroke, and that's uh, when Andrew came in and replaced me. But uh, so a lot of people do not know that. That's why I got the moniker, the lost Leatherface, because <laughs> people over the last couple of years have been discovering that, oh, there was another guy who played Leatherface. So, yeah, I mean, I'm the voice of Monster Garage on Discovery Channel, so as known as the big swag on that. So, but, so I do a lot of appearances. I mean, I got next weekend, I'm... Um, because of the automotive stuff I do, I'll be at the Iron Horse Mud Ranch in Perry, Florida, which is mega trucks, and 
week after that, I'm filming a movie in Chicago called The Evil Three. And then in Halloween, I'll be at Frightmare in the Falls and the Niagara Falls, but the Canadian side in Ontario. So, Love Niagara Falls on the Canada side. They're actually a lot more scenic than they are on the American, so you can't, can't argue with that. How was it knowing that you are a part, even though you're the quote-unquote lost Leatherface, you are a part of a very, very iconic series. You know, there's Friday the 13th, there's Halloween, there's sure. Nightmare on Elm Street, and there's Texas Chainsaw, and a slew of others. But, I mean, how, how does that, you know, I, I'm assuming the royalty checks come in occasionally, but, I mean, how is it How is it just knowing that you were a part of that? Well, I mean, you know, uh, I got to meet Gunnar Hansen many years ago before he passed away. Great guy. Went to get, uh, you know, a lot of my friends, Ari Mihailov, Dan Yeager, <laughs> you know, Bill Johnson, uh, everybody that I've met that has played Leatherface, all great guys. And when I got to meet Gunner, he had no idea that uh, I was the guy that, you know, the, for the first kill in the movie, slamming the door shut, with <laughs> killing him with the sledgehammer. So he was like, you know, there's only two of us now that have ever slammed that door shut and used the hammer. And I'm like, you're right, you're right, that's right, it's just you and me, so... Really great guy, great guy, and it was, uh, you know, it, listen, it's a part of history. A lot of people get it wrong if you're at horror trivia night, and they say, well, how many people have played Leatherface? A lot of people don't get it right. And, and a lot of people don't even include Kane Hodder. You know, Kane Hodder did stunts, uh, some stunts for R.A. Mihailov, who actually didn't need him, but they had a <laughs> well, He's an old wrestler, set. so, yeah, you know, so, he could do his own stunts. Yeah, R.A. and Mihailov <laughs> and myself were working, doing security for bands and clubs when I was like 19 years old in L.A. Oh, wow. So we've known each other for over 34 years. Wow, I thought yeah. he was from Pittsburgh area. He has, but he was acting in L.A., oh, right? Okay. So gotcha. he moved to L.A. and was, so at the time we were working the clubs together and First guy I ever called when I when I got the 2000 late 2002 when I booked the movie I think or when we filmed uh, it came out in 2003 but we, <coughs> if I remember correctly we were filming in late 2002 and first guy I called said guess who's Leatherface he's like well I know it's not me and I'm like it's me <laughs> so uh, yeah a bunch of great guys of course it's awesome to be a, a part of that history and you know I mean something I can always you can't take it away no. And I wonder, it's, it's interesting you mentioned Kane Hodder. Kane Hodder was iconic as Jason. He was in, what, four films at God, least? And, at least. And so many stunt, so many things with his stunt work. Great you guy. know, Robert England's the only guy that's really been Freddy Krueger. You, you could talk about, you know, the other guy. Well, you could talk but, about the other guy. He was but, a great actor. Yeah, he, he's... But it, I remember just, him from Bad News same. Bears. Come on, I mean, that's you know. right. It's not the same thing. No, it's, it's not. Do you ever wonder or... You know, because there's been a, a lot of leather faces. There's been a lot of Michael Myers. But sure. Why? Why do you suppose that um, they keep casting different people? Uh, you know, the newest guy, Mark, is uh, the newest guy who's doing. It. I can't think of his last name, Burnett. Mark. I can't think of his last name right now. But a really nice guy who's the new Leatherface uh, for Netflix, and I think he's going to do a couple movies. I think they slated it for two more. I'm pretty sure he's already. Uh, he's already. Um, shot the second one but I mean it's because it's it's a thing that happens every couple years if uh, um, if you went with the same guys it would be a little old right I mean I mean I, I know you could just throw a mask on you can almost have anybody that meets the suit requirements Mark Burnham I want to make Mark, get his name right there you go really nice guy and he's a very good actor so um, I, you, you could just slap you know R.A. Mihailov stays in great shape I tell you right now R.A. who's a little bit older than I am and I'm 55 R.A. could so go out I. and do it. You know, <laughs> R.A. could do it. Some oh, of these yeah. guys could do it. Some of the other guys are just, it's a little old, and 
30 years later. That's true. You know, I mean, I got heat stroke. Would I want to go out right now and be Leatherface again? Sure. If I had a really good stunt double there with me. Sure. You know, so, of course. But, yeah, it's, uh, you got to give, uh, you got to give the new guys their, their deal. That's true. So you said you were making a bunch of appearances. Um, where will you be, say, in November, December, around the first of the year? Do you know where where people so, can come and meet you and yeah, November, see your your collect autographs and things? Yeah, November, December, I'm totally open. We're trying to do something uh, Christmas with Leatherface. We're trying to get that set up. That might be in uh, Arkansas or that that might be in Kentucky. We don't know. Otherwise, uh, usually after after Halloween, it's you know back to getting acting work and trying to make a living as an actor so so what you're going to be working on after halloween then gosh i don't know i, w- I wish i <laughs> he said you were working on I got a movie. chicago this yeah month, well i'm but... doing a movie called the evil three which is uh, pretty cool small independent film and i fly out on the 23rd got a day we'll film a day come home and and the you know the big uh, the big deal um is going to be uh, frightmare in the falls with every single iconic horror guy is going to be there so sure. hopefully some of these people will be there for me to get a lost Leatherface picture and costume or there something. So, yeah. For people wanting to know more information about Brett Wagner, do you have like a website, social media pages where they can catch up on your latest projects, find out what appearances you're going to be making and such? Yeah, you can go to bigschwag.com, B-I-G-S-C-H-W-A-G, at a, uh, dot com, or you can go Brett Wagner on uh, Facebook or The Lost Leatherface or just Lost Leatherface on Facebook. Oh, that's that's tremendous. Big swag. Yes, my pro. I you used to got do pro wrestling. One. Oh, that's so, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Brett Wagner, it's been a distinct pleasure to have you here on The Big Scary Show. Once again, folks, The Lost Leatherface is here at the Haunted Pyramids in Lawndale, North Carolina, signing autographs, Meeting people, hopefully Kiss, not chopping anybody up. Kissing babies. Kissing babies. As long as they're that. 21. As long as they're 21. As, as long as they're 21, and, well, we won't get into that. But once again, folks, Drew Badger here live on the road at the Haunted Pyramids doing some acting tonight, and we are out. And ladies and gentlemen, it is the month of October. We are so happy everybody's out there checking out haunted houses, watching spooky movies, getting costumes ready, doing all the decorating. And of course, we're giving away prizes courtesy of Screamline Studios. It is the October version of the gruesome giveaway. Now, you know, folks, this is usually the month we get the most entries, and boy, howdy, we got a slew of entries. But we picked a random person out of the number of entries, and we, I believe we have them on the line. Random caller, what is your name? Where are you located? Uh, my name is Daryl Templeton. I'm in Mesa, Arizona. Mesa, Arizona, out in the high deserts, I believe. Excellent. Um, I- I'm going to guess you don't have a lot of leaves that change out in your area this time of year. No, no, cactus needles <laughs> don't change. Oh my goodness, that sounds sounds delightful. Actually, I love the desert, but you know the leaves are in high season in a lot of places around the country. But I guess not where you are. But anyway, Daryl from Mesa, Arizona, let's find out if you are indeed the winner of the October Gruesome Giveaway. Let me ask you a couple of quick legal questions first. Question number one, did we contact you in any way, shape, or form other than to tell you when to call in? No. All right. Question two, did you try to encourage us to pick your name either through bribery or other means? No. Excellent. Excellent. 
Well, Daryl Templeton of Mesa, Arizona, if I recall the question for the giveaway for this month, I believe it went like this. On the last show, during my interview with the Creeper's cousin who owned the Jeepers Creepers truck, he mentioned that there was a certain amount of trucks that were made for the movie, and he owned one of them. How many trucks were made, and which number truck did he own? Okay, there was three total trucks made for the movie, and Peeper's cousin owns number two. And that is absolutely right. He did own the second one that was movie used and had the most detail in it. So congratulations to Daryl Templeton of Mesa, Arizona. You are the October gruesome giveaway winner. Awesome. All right, glad to hear that you're having a good time getting ready for all the Halloween stuff out there. Do you work at a haunt, own a haunt, do a display or anything like that? I do work at a haunt. I work at Sanctum of Horror in Arizona, uh, Mesa, Arizona. Uh, come out and see us. Two haunts, one great price, the best haunt in Arizona, Sanctum of Horror. And there is still a week or so left in the Halloween season, so if there's a website for the Sanctum of Horror, do you know it? And if so, plug it away. I believe it is sanctumofhorror.com. Excellent. Well, Daryl Templeton, if you'll stay on the line so we can get some shipping information. And once again, folks, we want to thank the very fine folks at ScreamlineStudios.com for providing these great prizes. Now, if you didn't win in the month of October, remember, folks, the next two months are the, quote, season of giving. So we're going to continue to give away more and more prizes as we do every single month here on The Big Scary Show. Want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let Dark Imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. Mm. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs> Wednesday 13, Halloween 1313, on the Big Scary Show.
Storm here, wishing you a very happy and spooky Halloween. <laughs> but you know what? I'm just going to take it easy this year. You know, watch the health and, and just have a nice, quiet Halloween at home. Not go out and do anything or trick-or-treating or anything. But that doesn't mean that you can't be doing something neat tonight for Halloween and, and having fun and stuff. But we want you to be safe. So here is the Big Scary Show 2022 Halloween safety update. You know, each year they want you to watch out for things, make sure you're wearing reflective or, or lights out there so you're not hit by cars. It's like the biggest number one problem and, you know, x-raying your candy and stuff. But the big scary thing the news is telling you to watch out for this Halloween is... Yeah, rainbow fentanyl candies. Yes, for some reason they think that um, people are just going to hand out painkillers in the candies this year. Here you go, here's a bag of fentanyl rainbow candy colored and we're giving it out to kids for free this Halloween with what, what else are they saying is going to be in the trick-or-treat bags this year oh you can watch for um, uh, CBC and, and marijuana gummies apparently that's something that people are going to give out because you know they're just going to give it out and think that you'll come back and buy drugs from them because we grew up in the 80s and we're told they're give us free drugs and no one gave us free drugs so so, so, yeah, the fentanyl and, and, and CBC gummies in all the trick-or-treat bags this year? Huh. Um, all right, well, I'm going to go out trick-or-treating right now. So, everybody have a good time. I'll see you. Happy Halloween from the Big Scary Show. Table of Terror is very proudly sponsored by HauntPay. Whether it's time ticketing, virtual queue lines, or anything else related to online ticket sales, have Alex and his staff set you up at HauntPay.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I know you've heard it a million times this month, but we want to go ahead again and wish you happy Halloween. It's just a few short days away, but yet there is still time. Get out there. Enjoy those haunted attractions. Get out there. Put the last second touches on your costumes. Go to those Halloween parties. This is, of course, the most glorious time of the year. And what would Halloween be without one of its most enduring symbols, the witch? The witch riding the broom over the full moon with a black cat on the broom, maybe holding a jack-o'-lantern, 
Witches indeed have been for many, many years one of the ultimate symbols of Halloween. And we thought for our Halloween spooktacular, why not talk to some actual witches? I know over the years, Meat Hook Jim has talked about himself and his wife being witches, but we've never really done a show about it. So we thought we would bring some real-life, quote-unquote, witches or Wiccans, we'll try to figure out the difference between the two, on to just kind of talk about what it's like being a witch. We're not going to cast any spells, and I don't think any of our guests are standing around a cauldron right now with eyes of newt and big pointy hats, but... You never know. And of course, this is audio only, so you won't ever know. <laughs> but anyway, let's welcome our guests here. Down in the central Florida area, we have Mrs. M. She does many different things regarding witchcraft. I know she does tarot readings and things like that as well. Mrs. M., welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. It is very wonderful to see you again. It's been about a year since I've seen you, so you and your husband, so good to have you on the show. We want to head up to the Chicago area and talk to Dee. Dee is a self-proclaimed kitchen witch, among other things. Um, I remember kitchen witch used to hang in my grandmother's kitchen above the sink. She said it used to fend off evil spirits. I don't think she's hung in any kitchens lately, but welcome, Dee, to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Great to have you here. Hopefully we'll find out what a kitchen witch does. And going international, because witches are not just a U.S. phenomenon, we have Kyla from the east coast of Canada. She is also calling herself a kitchen witch, but also a chaos witch, among many other things. Kyla, it is a delight to have you on the show. And it's a delight to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. And of course, we couldn't do this without our other regular hosts, including up in Rhode Island, we have Storm. Greetings from a crisp fall New England night. Gotta love it, man. Just, oh, the temperatures are perfect down here. Down in Cincinnati, the other witches we have on the show, Meat Hook Jim and his wife. Uh, greetings, and I've got to agree with Storm. The temperature is beautiful. The past couple of days just been gorgeous. I wanted to stay like this forever. To have eternal fall. How lovely would that be? Yes. Heading out to Fayetteville, Arkansas area, where no doubt the weather is also perfect, we have the old crone, ironically. How are you, Jonna? I am tired with it being <laughs> hot season, of course, but I only play an old crone on TV, I guess you could say, or at by hot. It's only a character. So I am really looking forward to learning more about witches and Wiccans. Very nice. My name is Drew Badger down here in Charlotte. The temperature is cool. My tea is piping hot. And let's talk witches. Now, you know, the stereotypical witch is they wear all black. They have a big pointy hat. They have a long dress. They carry a broomstick. They cast spells. They boil up things in cauldrons. They eat children, all that kind of stuff. I assume none of our guests do that. But what was it? that fascinated you guys in order to decide, hey, I want to kind of become a witch, for lack of a better word. Was it something that happened in your youth? Were you like in your teens and doing a rebellious thing? Or what was it that got you into being a witch? Uh, let's start with Mrs. M. Well, I've always, uh, I, 
tell my family, I'm like, you guys are surprised that I was a witch. Like you, there were signs everywhere. Um, I was always the kid that kind of was mixing up potions in the backyard just because I had no clue what I was doing. I was just throwing stuff in there. It was great. Um, and then I was actually raised uh, in a very religious family. And by the age of 14, I started questioning things and started looking into different philosophies, um, landed in paganism and went, this this actually feels really good. This feels really good. This feels like something I can I can connect to and studied a lot of different paths in paganism and realized, oh, I'm a witch. Okay. Okay. I can do this. Um, and it wasn't an overnight thing. It was just kind of a gradual understanding that I leaned to a certain path in the paganism umbrella. And you've been doing this for a, a number of years, let's say. Number of years, yes. <laughs> Over 20 years. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Dee, how did, how did you get involved in this? Well, very similar to Ms. M. Um, it started when I was really young. I, I remember being uh, two, three years old and was always wanting to watch spooky movies take out books on witches from the library and what have you, making potions in the backyard, wanting to wear black nail polish and all that other stuff, and discovered a couple of sets of spell books when I was about 15 years old, delved into that, and eventually found myself realizing, even though I grew up Catholic, um, that there was so much more to nature and the universe than just what I was taught. And of course, you know, the, the real ritualistic aspects of it itself, um, it just really appealed to me. And I'd realized that that was my path all along. Interesting. And again, you have been doing this again for several years. Um, well, I, I've, yes, I've been a practicing witch, uh, for almost 40 years and uh, realized that I was a, a pagan um, in the last about 30 years. Very interesting. How about you, Kyla? What, what got you into this? What, what fascinated you enough to uh, go down this path, so to speak? I guess to echo everybody else, it started when I was young and realized that there was something more. There had to be something more than what I was taught because none of that really resonated with me. And so I started to look probably at books that I had to get my mom to check out at the library because they wouldn't check them out for me because I was too young. And from there, I kind of tried to lean away from it. But then I decided to what happens if I actually lean into it a couple of years ago? And now I'm probably the happiest I've ever been. And I absolutely love my craft. Interesting. Now, when we were talking before, you described yourself as a chaos witch. And, you know, D identifies as a kitchen witch. And I don't think I got that information from Mrs. M. But, you know, how many different quote unquote categories of witches are there? And what is a chaos witch or a kitchen witch or some of these other things? And that's open to everybody. But Kyla, what, what is a chaos witch? A chaos witch is pretty much well someone that doesn't have a standard practice. It basically borrows from everything that kind of resonates with the person itself. It focuses more on your own personal beliefs and what you intend rather than the, the tools that you use. You're your best tool. 
and your intention is your best and mightiest thing that you're going to use in your craft. So, for example, the best way I can try to explain it is that whatever your intent is, there's no actual recipe that you're actually going to write down because you don't actually use one. It's whatever you need and get pulled to use at the time, and that works out best for you. And D, talk about being a kitchen witch. I mean, I, I've seen them at, you know, craft fairs and things. And as I said earlier, my grandmother had one in her kitchen. But, you know, that that's an unusual term. It is. Um, and it's been around for, for a while. Um, it's just one of the, the titles that I kind of give myself. Um, for the most part, I consider myself an eclectic, solitary pagan. But most of my craft is done in the kitchen uh, through recipes. Um, I like to cook for my friends and family. I love to celebrate the changing of the seasons and the different holidays. And I do it with gifts of food. And I pour my love and intention into the foods that I make and each of the different ingredients and uh, herbs and what have you usually have a correlation that connects with that particular holiday. So you practice witchcraft via food, it sounds like. That's one of the ways. That's one of the major okay. ways that I do. But I, I do practice uh, witchcraft in other ways as well, in traditional spell crafting. Okay. And we'll get into that in a bit. Uh, Mrs. M, do you have a quote title that you use to describe yourself? Um, I have a couple of different titles that I use to describe myself. I I do identify as a chaos witch, but I also identify as an eclectic gray witch. And a gray witch is someone who doesn't necessarily do magic just for good and doesn't do magic just for, you know, like baneful magic. They walk a middle path between the two. And it is whatever magic is called for at that particular time. Nothing is actually black or white it's all gray uh jim how about you do you have a title or do you follow any of these similar paths well i would be a chaos witch as well uh and that's where it stops it's just my beliefs and my practice right now but i still follow the tenets of of the pagan and wiccan philosophies but you know it's just just chaos for me at this time and I know that we had mentioned before that you are a male witch, but you do not call yourself a warlock, which I guess would be the traditional term for a male witch. It's an insult. At least stereotypical. It's an it's an insult, actually. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Warlock means oathbreaker. Right. Yeah. All right. Interesting. I wonder how actor Dick Warlock feels about that, or if he's <laughs> even aware. But But we won't get into that. But uh, it, it's very interesting how you guys do all this. What do you guys do, or do you guys do anything different during this time of year versus other times of the year? I would have to say, for, for me personally, it, I would ask my ancestors to help me with a lot of my rituals, more so than I do any other time of the year, because this is... For me, this is the time of year that the, the veil is thinning. So I have, they have access to me and I have access to them. And anything that I might need my ancestors help with, this is going to be the strongest moment of the year to do such. So even though, you know, I believe that they're always there, this is the time of year that they have the biggest effect on what I'm wanting. 
Exactly. They calling in the ancestors, people like loved ones that have passed, anything like that. This is the time of year to do that kind of work and to have that be a center point of what you're doing. I would agree with all of that. I, I constantly try to get in touch with my Nana and other people who have guided me through my life to continue to help guide me through this time of the year. And, you know, a lot of people who know about the traditions of Halloween know about the, quote, thinning of the veils between the worlds of the living and the worlds of the dead and, and other things. So, you know, that, that makes a lot of sense to a lot of people like myself who, who don't know a lot about this. So well, see, I, I find it fascinating. Go ahead. I was going to say, Samhain is very powerful time. Right. Yeah. It also, at least um, in the coven that I'm in, it actually is the year end for witches of what we're doing. And it creates like the new time of whatever's coming next. So this is a time that you kind of get to talk to the people that have passed in order to help you move on into what's coming up for the new uh, witchy year, I guess. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I kind of visually for me, and it's, it's not an acceptable opinion, but this is my visual for this time of year is I very much consider Samhain like a new moon to reset and Yule being the full moon, being, you know, a, a bright, bright spot. Um, so visually, I always think of Samhain as just a reset, as a, as a moment that I can be thankful for all the things that I have just harvested and realizing where I am within the world with those things. Very nice. I like that. Any uh, questions from the hosts at this point? I'm just kind of curious, whatever you're, you're doing your rituals during this time of year, do you focus more on Halloween or do you focus more on the autumn um, equinox or the moon phases? What do you really focus on? I mean, is it really October 31st or is it more of, the planet alignments and, and things like that? Um, it, it kind of depends on the workings that I'm doing. It depends on what exactly I I need to focus on. If the workings have to do with celebrations, I might, I might set it on Samhain because Samhain is a celebration. So it's that, that connection. But if it is just, um, looking at the harvest itself, I would attach myself more to what nature's doing. So it just kind of depends on the, the actual working that I'm doing is where my focus is within that. Yeah, I'm kind of with that as well. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a little loose around certain holidays. Um, the equinox <laughs> was somewhere between the 21st and the 22nd. And it was when I had time. Right. <laughs> and yes. I'll usually yeah. make a great pot of chili or a beef barley stew and, you know, some crusty bread and something with apples. And I'll go out in the yard and pick up some leaves that have fallen from the tree. And I place those on my altar. And, you know, I just find a little simple time and have a nice little ritual bath and, and, and do my focus and meditation on the things that I would like to see come into abundance during this time. Um, and then Halloween itself. Now, Halloween for me is, you know, the actual day. And I will usually start out making pumpkin pancakes and then make something wonderful for the evening. And, you know, it's an all day long celebration. Um, but as far as any other 
rituals and whatnot, again, I'm, I'm pretty loose with the dates. It, yeah. it just depends on how it feels for me, what fits into my schedule when I have time where I can kind of close off the rest of the world and focus on my intentions. It's funny that you say you're pretty loose with the dates. That's one of the things that um, I teach witchcraft and I call the newbies witchlings. And so <laughs> I tell them, I tell my witchlings like, hey, you know, you're going to be told that you have to make moon water the night of the full moon. It's okay. You got the day before and the day after. It's yes. fine. Yes. Just breathe, you yes. know, like <laughs> exactly. there's a little loose interpretation there. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah. There's no hard and fast lines. It's whatever you feel. There's no deadline that you have to do this by the certain date or else, you know, the spirits are going to talk to you. Right. <laughs> they don't have like, they don't have this big plan. They're like, well, I better go here right now. Right. So, yeah. They're, they're checking their Apple watches, right? That's what's happening. Oh, yeah. They get the, <laughs> they get the reminders. Oh, yes. Look at this. I have a meeting in 10 oh, minutes. Dang it. <laughs> you know, and I'm not going to say if I was missing a fire element that, you know, I will neither confirm nor deny that I might have used flaming hot Cheetos at one point in time. Um, <laughs> there are some it interesting works. spell uh, recipes yeah. I have used in the past. Yes. I'm just Definitely. saying it, it's about the intention, you know, and if your intention is pure and what you're going forth with, everything else is just a focus. It's, right. it's a tool to help you manifest what you need to happen. I actually told somebody I have used a Hot Wheel car in one of my spells <laughs> because I wanted the person to have like great parking. And so I was like, here's a car. This is the representation of the parking, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want, put it in. <laughs> Love it. I know some cities you could make a lot of money doing that. Just, just doing <laughs> spells for everyone's great parking. parking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd pay for that. <laughs> so when halloween actually comes up and you like like d has said you know it's an all-day thing you have a you, you do the pumpkin pancakes and all that do you do that mostly in solitude do you like welcome trick-or-treaters when they come in or do you you know you do you guys participate in quote-unquote the traditional halloween things that you know non-witches do do you go to costume parties do you you know, go out to haunted houses? Do you do all that celebration of the Halloween season as well? To me, that's just fun. That's just yeah. the fun part of yes. Halloween. Yeah. So when I think I've kind of differentiated that from Halloween. Mm -hmm. So, and I live for trick-or-treaters. Like, I love being that house that you come <laughs> and you get your full-size candy bar. Like, yes. come to my house, give me your children. Oh, you're that person. <laughs> yeah, yes. I totally am. Send um, me your address off of there. <laughs> <laughs> if you see a really big guy with a sheet over his head yeah. hey if you show up trick-or-treating i will give you a, a big treat bag so it's whoever shows up it doesn't matter i don't I'm differentiate you my, come to my house trick-or-treating you get it i'm updating my passport now <laughs> well drew you know that i was uh, a scare actor and a casting director for haunted attractions so yeah i still participate in the the halloween stuff and now post covid we we do a yard um display for our trick-or-treaters in the neighborhood so yeah we still participate um my my little thing for sound is a little different than what d does um i actually have 
because of the way that I was raised. I was raised in a Mexican family. So I have a little bit of the the Day of the Dead mixed into my my own personal traditions. So I often have some type of altar set up for the people that I want to remember on that day. So my time is spent making sure that there are offerings for those people. So when they come and sit time, spend time with me, that they feel comfortable. That's wonderful. That That's beautiful. Yeah. Is that part Thank of your you. display or is that something you just keep in the house? <laughs> no, that's in the house. That's absolutely. I was going to say, that'd be a, that'd be a heck of a yard display, you know, right? have, no. have the altar and all that. Yeah. No, the fun. altar is in the house. <laughs> I kind of keep that stuff a little personal. Um, when you do walk into my living room, though, like when you walk into my house, there's no denying that a witch lives here because you see a big working altar right there in the living room. Yep. So I I just have to explain to repair guys like I I'm paying you. All right. It's fine. Like <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see here. Move along. Move right. along. I, Fix the I damn got, toilet. Here's your I, money. I got right. it. I got a quick story for this. OK. Um. I've been practicing since about 2003 and in my house up here, when I first moved in, I had a pen, I had a pentagram on the basement floor and I had to explain to, <laughs> I had to explain to the, the workman as a dude, it's not what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was, there was fake blood on there because, you know, I'm in a haunter too. So there's, the pentagram and there's fake blood all over the place. And I'm trying to convince this guy that nothing bad is. He didn't believe you. I guarantee he didn't believe you. Oh, yeah, definitely. Just ignore that pile of dirt in the corner and that shoe sticking out of the bottom of it. Does anybody else. The- for- Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Does anyone else ever have where you just forget that your house looks like that? So when new people come in, you. Yes. They're just like, what? Yeah. We had yes. our neighbor come in, and it was our new neighbor, and they came over just to introduce themselves. And I completely forgot I had skulls hanging on the wall, like moose skulls and everything. And I had my altar all set up, and there was like a working going on. And he's just like, "Oh, um, okay." It's like, "Oh, right, yeah, normal people." Okay, hold on, let me just explain. We're good. Right? It's okay. The neighborhood, you're good. You'll see me on the full moon and maybe the new moon outside. But yeah, yeah. We're good. <laughs> I think most of my neighbors are are pretty aware of 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 me and what's going on, and anyone who's in my personal life is 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 pretty much aware. I do keep my altar in my bedroom just because it, it's my own personal space and what have you. But the rest of my house looks like a modern day Adams family. Right. Um, I've got taxidermied animals dressed as Star Wars characters, and I've got. Uh, I love. That. I've got you know, it's you have no idea. It's it's a little weird, but it, I love it. Um. But you know, and I've got all my uh, my haunt artwork and and different kitschy stuff, and my kitchen's all orange and black, and and yeah, it's it's a lot of fun because I do like the fun kitschy Halloween aspect, and I was involved in the haunt industry for a number of years, and and I'm able to separate the two, right? So, um, but yeah, I warn yep. people, it's like my house is a little weird, but <laughs> uh, you know. It's cool. You don't have to be a witch to get all of that. I get that it's all, true. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need your address too, D. So <laughs> next time I'm in the Chicago area, I, I need to see Star Wars taxidermied right? figures. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, and it's just my house too, you know. It's um, 
I've been to your Kyle, house. Yeah, Kyla. Yeah, Kyla. You've been talking about skulls in your living room. Yep. Um, I've got approximately ninety skulls in my living room. That's amazing. That's cool. beautiful. Um, it is a beautiful thing, but it's like <laughs> today, for example. Um, my father-in-law's next-door neighbor came by to drop off something for us. My father-in-law lives in Florida, so does does his neighbor. But uh, he brought up this TV that uh, my wife's late brother had and gave it to us. And Chris looked at me. She goes, do not let them in the house. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, I wasn't planning on it because I'm a witch too, you know, duh. <laughs> uh, so... We told him that we were doing some painting and that we couldn't let him in, but I took the TV and said, thank you very much. See you later. And that was it. And the fact you live across from such a large cemetery, I assume. Oh, that's, that's my favorite part, though. <laughs> I do have a very large cemetery across the street. Does, that play, in, does that play into your uh, rituals in any way, the fact that you do live so close to a major cemetery? Not, no, not, not unless I need some graveyard dirt. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. These these ladies understand. Yep. yep. <laughs> yes. I have a bag up the kitchen. Yep. Yep. I have a container on my altar. I I have some cemetery moss from Edinburgh, Scotland, on my altar. <gasps> Ooh. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh. I'm jealous. Very and I'm very jealous of that. Yeah. And. I have a, an interesting side story. I have a small piece of rock that came from Proctor's Ledge in Salem, Massachusetts. Oh. Um, I went to visit for my 50th birthday. My friend Karen and I had gone and we found where Proctor's Ledge actually was, which is in a very odd spot, but um, it was very solemn and there was a energy there that you you can totally feel we were there um right after halloween and i said "Ooh, some of the rock looks loose and she's like i'm not taking any i said well why don't you ask and she asked and and a, a small stone appeared like at our feet and i'm like oh well, i want one and another small stone appeared <laughs> and so it's like well you know you ask and you'll receive but yep. uh, so I so I now have a stone and um, I, I think whatever energy was there knows that we were not there to mock. We weren't there to uh, expose it or, or make light of of what had happened there in, in Salem all those years ago. And, you know, we're being very um, respectful in right. that. And, and it sits on my altar. Very nice. Yeah, it's, uh, myself and several other people were just in Salem a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, wow. It's like my third trip around, and it was there first, so they learned a lot of stuff. I've I've been wanting to go to Salem for a while. We think maybe next year, <laughs> maybe next year. It's 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 definitely worth it. I I would say you know there's so much history, so much beauty um and and you should definitely go i i agree 100 percent. you know yeah. don't sell yourself short get there if you can because it's 
it's an experience. It really is. And especially this time of the year, you know, Storm and I were up there, I believe in 2014 for Legendary Haunt Tour. And, you know, the leaves on the trees, you know, a lot of them were gone at the time, but there was still a lot of color, just the, you know, the people walking around, the fact it was just a, a couple of weeks after Halloween, but yet it still had that feel in the air. You know, you go to the museums and you go to the, I believe, John Denley's haunt that's there and, and all that stuff. There's just a lot of, quote unquote, spooky stuff year round but especially in the fall mm-hmm. so if, if you do get the opportunity and i know you have to book early because of mm-hmm. tourists and things but you know definitely worth it but i do want to remind everybody you are listening to the round table of terror on the big scary shows halloween spooktacular we're having a grand old time with d from chicago kyla from the east coast of canada mrs m from central florida talking about witches and witchcraft along with our regular hosts We're going to take a very short break here to listen to our fine sponsor, Haunt Pay, and we'll be right back. Are you looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? Haunt Pay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots, variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free and we are back to our Halloween spooktacular roundtable of terror, talking about witches and witchcraft with our very special guest, D from Chicago, Mrs. M from Central Florida, Kyla from the East Coast of Canada, and of course, Meat Hook Jim, contributing an awful lot, as well as our regular hosts. And during the break, we discussed many, many things. And I think, Johnny, you had a question you wanted to come right out of the gate with. Well, as my character, the old crow, and I, of course, I, I, I lean towards those stereotypes and, um, and those myths of witches, because, you know, I, that's what I'm creating as a character that people are familiar with. But I would like to really know what stereotypes um, do you like, dislike, what myths are out there that you'd like to dispel? I don't think I have anything that in particular i dislike i will say there is there is one bit that i've seen happen over and over and over again when haunts use witches um they will always set it up like puritans burning the witches and that just to me is just it actually happened like that's disrespectful like let's not do that all right and that happened to people that weren't even witches like eh, i'm not a, i'm not a fan of that but as far as someone painting their face green and i have green-faced witches here in my house it's just it's just kind of the little cute thing that went along with being a witch is like this is what they thought we looked like you know for me a lot of it is is nostalgic because um i'm a child of the 70s and you know Wicca and witchcraft coming out of the 60s and what have you was just slightly acceptable. So there was a lot of stereotypes and and what have you. But 
the fun stuff like Wizard of Oz and the craft and Hocus Pocus, for me, that's just pure fun. Yeah. And I can, I can enjoy that and separate that from my religion and from my, my beliefs and my practices. Agreed. Exactly. But I do have a pointy hat and a lot of broomsticks. You too. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so we take the fun with that, you know, a part of our our belief system. We we can still have fun with it. We can still go, okay, I've I've got the pointy hat. Um, I have a bunch of broomsticks. You know, I play a witch character and she's nothing like my actual path, but she is still this very stereotypical witch we can have fun with it. Absolutely. And I think in my, my personal opinion on this is that modern witches are, are taking it back. Yes. We're, we're, we're taking it back for ourselves and we're like, sure, that's what you say we look like. We're going to take it and we're going to run with it. Yes. yes. And it's great. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Completely. I got to ask you, um, when you were in Salem, yes, um, did you go by a shop on Pickering Wharf where a woman taught you how to properly make a broomstick? I think I know what you're talking about, but I didn't do that class. Um, but I, I think I, I, which shop was it? Um, uh, I think it was called the Witchery. Yeah. I did not get a chance to, to go and do that, but I had seen uh, that that was something that you could do. Um, I, I just don't have time to do that kind of stuff. I would rather buy a really well-made broom from a, a, a professional maker. And mm-hmm. uh, especially when you find one that calls to you, just like any other tool in, yes. in my path, it's like, Sometimes it just calls out to you. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. I was I was sitting on a beach like two years ago and there's a bunch of seaweed. There is no shells on this beach, which was unusual, but there's no shells, nothing, just a bunch of seaweed. And I kept getting told, pick up the seaweed. Just pick mm-hmm. up two or three. Just pick up two or three. And then later after I picked it up and I took it home with me and everything, later I realized that it was it was an ingredient for a spell that I was going to find mm-hmm. you know so a lot of times that's that's how things work out for us is just you see something it calls to you you if you listen to your intuition and I think a lot of newbie witches don't do that when you listen to your intuition you'll find out oh it works out mm-hmm. it's not like yeah. that there's a grocery list that you have to have right. it, it could be something completely random that just like you say, calls out to you. Right. <laughs> Just well, like damn. every every season, every um, holiday, uh, the different elements, etc. They all have so many multiple ingredients and facets that correlate to those particular aspects. So there are a thousand and one different ways to get to the destination that you need to. Um so, you know, you could do sweet, you could do savory, like I'm using kitchen yeah. witch terminology in a way, but um, there's so many different ways to, to do these things, just like crystals. There's different mm-hmm. types of crystals for protection, different kinds of crystals for love. It doesn't need to be one specific thing. And so when you start doing that, you have, a, 
it could be like a total roll of the dice on on what you pick in order to get where you're going. Mm-hmm. And you don't need anything expensive either. Right. Absolutely. Like, you know, I've been asked several times, like, what is the kit? What, is, what do we start with? And I'm like, there's, yeah. really, there's really no kit. You are the kit. You are, you are the yes. kid. <laughs> you know, you'll figure it out if you just listen to yourself. If you get your ego out of the way and you just listen, you'll be able to hear, okay, I need to pick up that particular stone. Or, okay, birthday candles will actually be okay in this spell, you know? Oh, it's yeah. the best ever. That right? Was the birthday best candles. thing ever. They, yeah. they go so fast, you don't have to watch it for an hour and a half. Exactly. <laughs> and them. they come so many Because <laughs> I got things to do. I am a busy witch, and I have things to get done around my house, right? and I don't have time. <laughs> and who else on this panel has an obsession with jars? Like, you cannot put a jar in a recycling bin. It's got to be washed and put in the, the cabinet, right? Yes. <laughs> Tons of jars, empty jars. <laughs> empty exactly. jars. You're like, what are you going to use them for? I don't know, but I need it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? All right. I might have to throw a name in it later. All right. Just <laughs> don't make me angry. <laughs> you wouldn't like You open up the freezer and there's a jar with a name in it. And like, hmm? <laughs> what's that? Don't ask questions. <laughs> exactly. Don't ask. <laughs> You now, won't be at it. <laughs> now, a couple of minutes ago, you brought up the the things like um, Hocus Pocus and Charmed and stuff like that. Now, you know, Hollywood has had a very interesting relationship with witches. And I know in the 90s, you know, you had a lot of witch themed things. And of course, Harry Potter came out at the end of the 90s and and just kind of reintroduce the world to witches and wizards and things like that. Do you think that that's a, a hindrance to witches and witchcraft? Are they, you know, are they positive role models? Are they negative role models? Was Margaret Hamilton in the wizard of Oz just, you know, what, you know, what terrifying kids for generations. So, you know, that's why we have this negative feeling towards witches or, or how do you think that, uh, Hollywood and and others have portrayed them and how do you think it's affected witches and witchcraft in today's society so I have a I have a pretty strong opinion about this one because it has become so mainstream and because it's um, a trendy thing you have a lot of people out there that are trying to quickly get seen on social media and they don't know what they're talking about they're mm-hmm. giving young witches spells that they found in books that they're just muddling through that they really don't have any intentions behind, but they're trying to make a quick buck. The witches that are genuinely trying to learn, they cannot learn because they're give- being given misinformation. They're being given the wrong information entirely with somebody that just doesn't care. The That person just wants to make money. So I think that's that's where... It being popular right now, that's a hindrance. You're you're getting a lot of people getting information that they're not either ready to have or that is completely wrong. And nobody wants to hear it. Nobody wants to hear the negative. Uh, if you try to correct people, you know, it's the whole, you know, don't tell me what to do or you're being a gatekeeper or I know what I'm doing or, you know. This is my path, mind yours. Yes. Okay. All right. You do you, boo. Like, I'm fine with that. 
I'm just letting you know that from an old witch's perspective, who's done that, it didn't work. All right. <laughs> and I was trying to save you some heartache, but you do you. All right. That's fine. <laughs> and yep. also borders on being dangerous too, depending on what they're getting into and what they're mixing up and what their intentions are behind it. Because if you don't have a foundation for anything, it's like, I'm going to decide to drive a car without taking any of the driving tests or anything, right. or even like learning the basics before I get behind the wheel. That's basically you what you're doing without up. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mixing up all kinds of herbs and and drinking them in teas and you're like dude you are gonna kill your liver like you can't do that (laughs) (laughs) and some of them are poisonous and Uh you've got you it's like i'm gonna drink this it's like do you know what that is you can't drink morning glory tea that is very very poisonous Uh just oh (laughs) no don't do it stop (laughs) (laughs) yeah please don't (laughs) you just 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 look up something just once from like a reputable source not just something that you've seen in a video somewhere by someone that you don't even know and may not even have any practice behind them they're just trying to get that that hashtag attached to them i think one of the most the the scariest things that i see being perpetuated on social media for witches has to be the fact that if you have some type of mental illness, you are low vibrational. And so they're encouraging people to not take their medications and that the medication actually hinders your magic. And I'm, I'm out there screaming, like, guys, do what your doctor tells you to do. Take your medicine. It doesn't decrease your, your power. It helps your power. Okay. You, you got to take your medicine, but there are so many people out there just telling them, oh, no, no, no you're if you're mentally ill or mentally unstable then you're low vibrational and you need to do this meditation or you need just you know buy my course Mm -mm. that is yeah that's that's even more dangerous dangerous. yeah Yeah. definitely dangerous it's like it's a good you have to remember it's a good mix between the mundane or the regular Mm -hmm. and then actual magic right so for example lavender chamomile tea will help you sleep however if you have a really bad infection please go see the doctor for antibiotics right right yes <laughs> uh fire cider will not work for everything <laughs> i really wish it would <laughs> so what are responsible sources to get spells and to learn more is it is there a grimoire that works you know the uh, uh long lost friend is it something like that or is it being in a community uh how 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 can people who are just getting into this learn more and do it the right way so uh, go ahead Gage. go ahead <laughs> well i was gonna say you know i i find i continue to go back to some of the the classic books that i first started learning from uh buckland cunningham um trying to think of some of the other names Gramasi and etc i love silver raven wolf i know that so many people are kind of on the fence on on her and what have you but um because of the the path that i walk it all speaks to me um so i do still look at new books that come out um and i just kind of scan through them to see what's in there but i'll find myself continuously going back to some of the classic books that have been out for so many years um and i'll create my new spells with some of the old with some of the new put into it um you you should know 
the different types of herbs that you're yep. using. I mean, there's nothing wrong with just looking it up in, in a medical dictionary as to what some of these herbs and what have you do to yes. people and what might affect your heart or your liver or what have you mm-hmm. and say, mm, maybe there's another ingredient I should use in that stead. Cause it goes back to the whole, there are so many other correlations and different things that you can use that connect to that particular thing that you're trying to manifest. I absolutely agree. The books are, are the top priority. If you're wanting to learn I always get, I get asked like, well, what book do I start with? And I tell them, go to the bookstore and whatever book calls to you, start with that. You know, you might get into it and you're like, man, that is, that's, that's crap. And then, you know, okay, I don't resonate with that. That's fine. That doesn't ring true to me On to the next book. But recently I had somebody ask me this, what if you have a learning disability and you're interested in witchcraft and reading comprehension is not the thing that you you have what do you suggest to those people who cannot read and comprehend what they're reading and it we have to just like have discernment between which creator on whatever platform we're looking at because that person's not going to give it the way the book came so i told him i said you just you have to go and figure out whether or not you trust what the information you're getting from somebody and that's hard. That's real hard. A lot of yeah. the times, too, when you're looking at classes, if anybody ever tells you that they are the best or the master or the right. number one in the world, run. Do right. not yeah. up that class. Walk right out the door and leave. Because, or when they tell you it's the yeah. only way. Yes. Like, if anybody ever does that or invalidates you or makes you feel right. small, then you're not. that's not a place to be at. Right. And you can research the personalities and, and, and see what they've done within the community. Um, One of my favorite people that I I love to follow and I I've met her, um, I respect her uh, teachings and and beliefs and uh, is Selena Fox. I love her. Love her. Love her. She's absolutely wonderful. In fact, uh, in Chicago over the weekend and I I had to miss it was uh, uh, not the pagan spirit gathering, but the Chicago pagan pride. Mm-hmm. And um, she's just wonderful to sit and talk with. And she has done so much for the witch community as right. a whole. And her activism, her activism mm-hmm. is oh, just yeah. amazing. So anything that she says, anything that pretty much comes out of her mouth, I'm like, yes, girl. Yes. That, that's, <laughs> that's what you need to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Absolutely agreed. There used to be, back in the day, and I say back in the day, we're talking about the early 2000s, there was a witch forum that I found Selena Fox on. And it was like, I want to say it was like witch voice or something like that. Witch's Vox. Witch's Vox. Yeah. Witch's Vox. That was the most amazing. I loved that. Yeah. And that shut down not long ago. And that was very sad because that was, man, you could fall down that rabbit hole of- in the web and you found so much information and so many it was a way to connect to other witches uh, across the the world right and they kept up with the activism and with the political aspects um and and protecting witchcraft as a recognized you know 
or Wicca as a recognized religion and what right. have you, and um, just helping everybody stand up for each other. And it was, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful, beautiful sight. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the mm-hmm. things that I, I think is important for young witches, if you're just coming to the craft and when they ask like, well, how do I learn? The very first thing I tell them is you've, you've got to know who you are. You got to know what you believe to be sacred you know, sit with yourself for a moment. And what is it that you would lay down for? Like, what would, what hill would you die on? Know those things about yourself. So that way, when you are going to read these books and you're going to see these people, you know, whether they ring true with you because you've gotten to know you spiritually. You, you listen to yourself. You've heard the things that your own brain is telling you, you know, I think that's the most important step right there. Mm-hmm. Now, Dee, uh, a moment ago, you mentioned the word, the term Wiccan. And, you know, a lot of people have heard that term. And is there an official quote unquote difference between witchcraft and being a Wiccan? I mean, I, I don't know the answer to that. And I, I assume the three of you probably do. Well, I, I'm, I'm not the expert in all things wicca slash witchcraft um i just know what i know and you ask a hundred different witches and you're going to get a hundred different answers right um witchcraft is the the spell casting part of it um the manifestation uh making things happen for yourself and and you can do that under the guise of any religion background um wicca is a neo-pagan religion um it does have some ties uh to early sorry my cat is trying to get into my room um into like some early druids um etc i'm i'm not i don't consider myself strictly wiccan wiccan is very ritualistic there there is a um you know certain tradition for that and what have you um again i consider myself an eclectic pagan i pull my beliefs from a variety of different pantheons and belief systems um i really connect with the greco-roman deities um being of italian descent myself um although i don't consider myself fully like a strega which is an italian witch Um, but I do pull from a lot of that. Uh, but I also find that there are certain, um, uh, Anglo type, uh, deities that I, I, I'm very fond of as well as some of the Egyptian pantheon. Um, to me, the, the, the gods and goddesses are are very much like the saints of the Judeo-Christian factors and what have you. And they all have like their their little things, but uh, Wicca is 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 pretty strict, and and I'm I'm not quite that strict. Uh, you know, I I'm I guess I I could be considered a chaos witch. It was the first time I'd really thought about it. Um, so yeah, I, I pull from all over the place, and and I hope that answered what you were asking. <laughs> D, I like that you said that. That's the first time you ever thought about it. The the whole labeling as a witch. I I did not think about it until I got onto social media and 
was presented with younger witches and the younger witches were like, what kind of witch are you? What kind of witch are you? And I was like, I'm a witch. Like, I didn't <laughs> yeah. have a name. like I'm just, I'm just a witch. Like there wasn't any type of like maybe a divination, witch. maybe that was it. Like, because I specialized in, in divination, I was like, okay, yes. maybe that's it. But it's very odd. It seems like this particular group of witches, they are, they get very stuck on um, label like what kind of witch you are and that that's a positive thing but it's also i think it it kind of puts us in one little box and we we neglect to experience the other parts of witchcraft when we do that so yes. i like that you said that that it's like i don't know because i didn't either <laughs> <laughs> exactly chaos was kind of like my broad term that i used when right. i asked like what kind of witch you are and i'm like i don't know i i like <laughs> my, my magic's pretty chaotic so chaos right. sure that sounds yes. good it's all about intent, chaos, sure. Right. <laughs> but eclectic, because I take bits and pieces from everything else, too. Like, I have some heathenry in there. Right. I have, yeah, so it's just it's a little bit of everything, but it's whatever works for me. I think when people ask about witchcraft and, like, Wiccans and stuff like that, they, they, real, they don't realize, like, in Christianity, you have the umbrella of Christianity, and then there's all these little religious beliefs underneath there. Well, mm-hmm. paganism is the kind of same thing. You've got paganism and then you've got all these little belief systems and witches can belong to any of those. Like it, it doesn't matter. And we can belong to none of them. It yep. is like you said, the spell crafting part of it. And Wiccans are very, like very, there's rules to things. The colors, yes. there's certain colors have, have certain meanings and you need certain things on your altar and they have to be placed in certain areas. And that yep. was one of those things where I was like, nah. Uh, my ADHD won't handle that. Like, <laughs> exactly. And they also have basically like one goddess and one god. And then that's right. it. Because they represent all of them. Right. And yes. I'm like, well, what if I'm really pulled to this particular deity? Like, right. what happens then? So, you know, um, yeah. I never worked with deities up until about six months ago. And then all of a sudden things kind of started happening. And I was like, mm, what's, what is this? what's going on? Why do I have a bunch of birds in my yard when I never have birds in my yard? Like there were weird things that were happening. And I, I started questioning that and I found out, oh, okay. That means I need to work with said deity. But I think the way I work with them is different than everybody else because I don't acknowledge it as a, a pantheon. I acknowledge it as a personality trait of the spell that I need. Yeah, I mean, and when you work with them, it's not worship; it's a working relationship. Right. So you're not. It's it's very different from most religions where you're kind of they're above you. It's more we have a working relationship out of respect. Right. I respect them, and I'm asking for them to empower me in a certain way. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What I'm hearing really is is very similar to almost anything that is considered a tradition. Yes. Um, like the, you know, the Jewish, um, Hanukkah, that's a tradition that, uh, has gone back centuries, but it's also one of those things that brings good fortune to people, right? You know, Christianity, all of the religions, you know, have things similar to that. And then just old wives tales and, you know, family traditions and things. It sounds like, I mean, good grief. If you don't eat, uh, black eyed peas on, um, on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, you're going to have bad luck. There's so many Witchy. things that, yeah, that either <laughs> so. me, like it either came from something witchcraft or could be construed as witchcraft. Um, 
And I'm thinking more and more, I may have more witchcraft stuff going on in my life than I thought. I think <laughs> well, most I mean, people do. I really do. I think most cake. people have a little witchy that they didn't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Candles on a birthday cake. Right. You're basically, yeah. yeah. You're making a wish and blowing out fire. Really? Okay. Yeah. In, that's not witchy the, though. In the South, I don't know if, if other people have ever heard this superstition, but you're not supposed to sweep at your feet. Um, that's a superstition. If you sweep at your feet, then you're going to sweep away the good luck. That's witchy. That's, that's a, that's an absolute straight up witch thing. Okay. Y'all. Yep. My (laughs) dad, Baptist preacher, I'm a preacher's kid, but you better believe we had a horseshoe nailed above our front door. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think people do a lot more witchy things than they think of the, the flowers at a grave. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a that's a pagan tradition. Oh, there was a lot of uh, old wives tales and stuff that my Italian grandmother used to do. And, you know, you look back and I think a lot of it has to do with more family traditions that get passed down and it, and it completely surpasses and, and overshadows how Christianity had kind of taken over these different areas in the world and what have you. And they absorbed the pagan traditions into it in order to be able to make it more comfortable for the people to convert to Christianity. And so these things have been continued to pass down from generation to generation. And it's just things that you just know to do. You spill some salt, you throw it over your left shoulder. Right. And uh, yes. You know, um, I think of, Growing up, one of the the things, like I said, I grew up in a Mexican family, and like one of the things that my Wulita would do for a baby who had hiccups, she would take a piece of red thread and she'd wipe, you know, get it wet with spit, and then she'd put it on that baby's forehead, and that would stop the baby's hiccups. Right? Um, that's just normal. That was a normal thing. And then when I got into witchcraft, I was like, my Wulita was a witch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm so excited (laughs) but she was also very very catholic you know so it is that there are things that the family does that are straight up just you know these folklorish superstitions that we do but they're still absorbed in the christian faith it's kind of neat kind of neat and kind of sad at the same time yeah so where do you think the future of wiccas witches witchcraft is do you do you think that um like you someone said earlier that it you're taking it back now from you know in this modern time do you think it will continue to grow in popularity whether it's going to continue to be trendy and whether that's good or bad remains to be seen but you know there was a time where you know People were so underground about this, but do you think that this is going to be one of those times where over the next few decades that it's just going to become and keep becoming a bigger and bigger thing? I think it is think growing. We all have a <laughs> yes, we all do. <laughs> Miss M, go ahead. You I start. was gonna say D, go first, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was gonna say that I really think that um it is going to continue. I think after COVID, well, when COVID hit, a lot of people felt 
completely out of control. And it seems like people, when you feel out of control, you tend to get more spiritual. And when one spirituality is not working for you, it's not settling you, it's not making you feel good, then you're going to find something else. And a lot of people found paganism and witchcraft. And they feel, they realize that being in nature and surrounding themselves with that connectivity, that they can connect to energy through nature and not necessarily have to be in somebody's face to do that. I think that resonated with them, that they no longer had to be in a building to find their spirituality. They could go for a walk and just with bare feet on the ground, absorb that good energy that they wanted. So I think the future is that you might see a continuous of this. You might see it build even more, but every pendulum has to swing back. And we are on this pendulum where it's really cool to be a witch, but I have heard some pastors of different churches say some really hateful things. And I know we're on that, that switch back where Mm -hmm. we might have to go back into the broom closet. Don't want to do it. Absolutely. I think that the trend might die down, but the people who it really resonates with are going to keep going on the path. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that evolution. Not really looking forward to the blowback like that you mentioned where, now that it's popular, you're getting the opposing side coming in saying, oh, no, well, you know, we thought that you should be condemned and everything else. Right. So it's kind of, I'm a little bit nervous, but also excited to see more people get involved with it and getting more in tune and in touch with what really resonates with them. Right. Feeling empowered, being like personally empowered, not feeling yeah. like they have to have somebody else, you know, to help them. They can help themselves. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. That's what I think witchcraft offers. Where it's all focused on you, where, like you say, like when people come to you and they're just starting, what's your best magical tool? It's yourself. Right. So with that going forward, that gives you a sense of purpose and a sense of your own self-sovereignty and power going forward. It helps you know your worth. Every decade has had, uh, you know, whether it's been in the media or what have you, All girls, well, not all girls, but a lot of kids will go through that phase, quote unquote, where where they kind of dabble in stuff. And they either, like she said, either you're going to find that it resonates with you or it doesn't. Those that are going to move on are going to move on. Um, But I am hearing a lot of backlash uh, anymore because the whole satanic panic is is coming back around again where people are freaking out and people are emboldened to attack other people because of their beliefs absolutely Um, and that's that's a a shame it's like let people believe what they're going to believe and you know as as long as it's not harming anyone do what you will right Um, (laughs) harm none yep yep so what do you do to combat that stereotype that, or mis, let's call it a misconception that witches, Wiccan equals Satanism? To, honestly, when that comes in, if they're curious, then try to talk to them if they have questions and be honest. And if they're just being hateful, then try to ignore them as best you can, because honestly, they're just being hateful. Yeah. There's some people yeah, that yeah. you won't be able to, change their mind they're going to be hateful to you no matter what you do um i i try to be very respectful to people always i try to always come at them with positive energy and i still have people 
say really hateful things to me and accuse me of all kinds of stuff. I'm like, dude, I didn't come at you with that energy. So I don't know why you're here with me, but it's just sometimes you can't, you, you cannot change people's mind. So you just got to ignore it. And sometimes they're just hell bent on destroying you and tearing you down for no other reason other than they, than they can. Everything to do with them, nothing to do with you. Right. It's a them problem, not a you problem. Exactly. I've gotten the habit of saying, because it did bother me a lot when I first started um, being public with my craft, people would say some really hateful things to me and it bothered me and I have anxiety, so I would just freak out. And I had to start remembering that just because somebody brings me that energy doesn't mean I need to match it and absorb it. I don't need it. I don't have to take it. Um, You brought that energy. That's a you problem. That's not a me problem. Yeah. You don't have to own their energy. They can take that with them. (laughs) Right. There you go. It's right out the door. Mm -hmm. Have a great day. Exactly. Yeah. I know that, you know, you know, D is from the Chicago area and Mrs. M is in central Florida. And with Kyla being on the East coast of Canada, I, I don't associate any of these places with being, you know, high concentrations of witches around are there places or are there gatherings where you can get together and and feel sanctuary or safe i assume places like new orleans might be very witch friendly or san francisco uh, or places like that or do you guys basically kind of stay in solitude or do you have your groups of uh, friends that you hang around with and discuss and and talk and and do things. I'm very fortunate that where I'm at, I have a quite a few different groups that you can just be yourself with, and it's a safe space to just be witchy. So that's great. And we have like um, different spots and everything else that kind of caters to witches, which is kind of nice as well. They're open to everybody, but it's very witchy. I have found in in my life um, that the energy you put out there, you know, you, you attract that which you seek. Um, and I've been very fortunate that I've, I've attracted a number of very close friends to me that have helped guide me over the years. Um, I am a horrible introvert, um, and I don't people very well, (laughs) uh, for, for long periods of time and, and large gatherings, uh, and groups of strangers and what have you, it, it doesn't help me. It, it, I, I end up not being able to focus and makes my anxiety um, really pop. And um, so I, I try to avoid certain things like that, but there are groups um, in the Chicagoland area and surrounding states, um, as well as, as I had mentioned earlier, um, Pagan Pride was this weekend, and that would have been one of the largest gatherings of Chicagoland witches. Uh, Selena Fox also does um, pagan spirit gathering once a year, and that's a uh, Midwesting, although I think it, it has moved to like Missouri or something like that. Um, and again, you, you can find yourself surrounded by lots of different people that follow a variety of paths, and, and you can probably find a safe space w- within that Um I just tend to kind of stick with, with those people that I know. And occasionally someone else will come to me 
and uh, whether it's at my work or or in a public setting and and we find a way to, we recognize each other and, and yeah it's 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 great and we kind of acknowledge it and yeah. yep you know i live in the south and there <clears throat> there isn't many safe spaces um in the bible belt for witches and so i decided to be the safe space and I am very loud and proud with my witchcraft and I wear, you know, witchy earrings. And, you know, if somebody asks me a question, I don't whisper it. I know that puts me in a not so great position sometimes with people who have hatred in their heart. Um, but I was a high school English teacher at one point and there were two girls that were witches and they got bullied through all of high school. Because I wasn't, I wasn't their safe space. They didn't know I existed because I didn't say that I existed. And at that point, I, I promised myself when I finally got to them and, and understood their story, I promised myself that nobody else would not know that I was not a safe space. And so I got very loud about being a witch. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the school probably didn't like that very much, but um but that's I, important yeah it was important yeah. for everybody to know and so I, I did create those platforms those social media platforms so that way even if you're in a space where you don't feel safe physically at least i'm giving you a space virtually to be accepted and be who you are and know that there's somebody out there that's just like you um that became very important for me but yeah, there's there's not really a whole lot of safe spaces in the South for witches. Are there gatherings like most of us were are haunters, there are haunt conventions. Right. Are there witch conventions for lack of a better word? I know that there are pagan um celebrations. I don't necessarily think they call them witch celebrations. They call them pagan ce- celebrations. Um I've been invited to one. But I am also like D in large gatherings. I don't like being around a large group of people. So I've, I've opted out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I think we've probably all seen that, that viral video over the last couple of years of the witches dancing in this I love that. big circle. <laughs> oh, I want to yeah. go so and bad. You see it. I do too. But, <laughs> and I assume that's at some gathering of oh. some, some organized event where they do that as part of the rituals or entertainment or something. So that's why I think I was that one. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And that may yes. be more prevalent in Europe then, because I think that's where it was filmed. Yeah, it's in Germany. Okay. Yeah. It's Walsperknock, April 30th. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I went to a, I was actually invited to participate uh, to MC their cackle contest. Oh. But in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, we have um, every year a witch's escape. And it's actually a fundraiser for the historical museum. But I really didn't see other than um, a couple of people who sold, you know, like potion bottles and things like that. Um, And there was one person who was doing tarot readings. I think the majority that was there was you know, almost cosplaying as witches, you know, and it was a lot of fun and they did teach that dance and they did that dance in the, in the park. And 
and stuff. And it was a lot of fun. But um, like I said, I, I don't really know. I would be surprised if there was a very high percentage of actual witches or Wiccans at it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I find there's a lot of people that cosplay as witches and that's okay that's okay yep. i'm i'm glad that we have the acceptance i'm glad that that'll allow others to feel comfortable being their their absolute weird witch self i love that <laughs> um but yeah i do worry we go back to that worry of it being trendy with you know cosplaying witches yeah witch core is the fashion vibe for that yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah witch core you know i had i was I was talking about a spell on TikTok and somebody was like, that's not how it looks. And I'm like, what do you mean that's not how it looks? Well, it looks a lot nicer. And I'm going, well, hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> Witch cup is not pretty, okay? <laughs> Let's stop that one right now. <laughs> yeah. It's quite ugly most of the time. <laughs> yep. I did a workshop and there were some people that actually gave me some feedback that it wasn't very aesthetic and i'm like i asked you to bring two jars from your kitchen because it's a kitchen spell so yes like i don't know what you were expecting and they're like we thought we were making real spell bottles i'm like these are real spell bottles that's what you just did but yeah what do you expect on there man yeah exactly Um, you don't need to have a hand-blown glass uh from you know central europe in order for it to be a real uh glass i mean witches historically have yeah. used whatever is available to them. Right. Um, no, 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 no. No. The witches go to Dollar Tree. Yes. And they buy the little jars and the hodgepodge and the little stick-ons and then they drape the little, you know, creepy cloth over it, you know, and they have the printed, you know, potions, you know, everything. <laughs> Those are real witches bottles. I don't know what you guys are talking about. You know what? <laughs> you can use the stuff from Dollar Tree, but yep. come on. <laughs> Look, and yes, I some don't. of my cinnamon sticks are from the local grocery store. Yes, they are. So, right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. You don't have to grow it yourself or make sure that it came from, you know, someone who is a third generation, I you know, Strega, stuff. blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. It, it's, it's, you know, it is what it is. It's the ingredient. It's all about the intention. The ingredient is the focus. I mean, right. heck, I've I've done ritual in my Halloween pajama pants and you know the the my t shirt that says resting witch face on it. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, that. my favorite thing to do is take a bottle of water and like last minute realize it's the full moon and then just chuck that thing out the front door <laughs> and be like, All right, I made moon water, I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Boom, moon water. Right. You know, Don't mode it be. <laughs> the store brand water at that, you know, it's just like yeah, it's no. fine. <laughs> yeah. I did it. We're good. It's in there. This is, okay. mm-hmm. this is great value moon water. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's all good. You know, the moon made it better, all right? And I'm just going to say, moon water does taste better, all right? You can you can fact check me later. <laughs> I will back you up on that. Yes, moon water is delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, non-witches are like, what is moon water? What are they talking about? <laughs> Literally, guys, it's water that's been placed under the full moon. That's moon water. <laughs> Well, we're looking at the clock, and unfortunately, we are going to have to start winding down here. Uh-huh. So are there any final questions from the host? I know we could talk for another couple of hours here, and I'm having a 
fascinating time listening to all this, but are there any other final questions from the hosts? Oh, at a risk of opening up a can of worms. I am, I am curious, you know, with witchcraft, one of the things that comes through folklore and has been part of tradition are creatures, um, familiars, uh, specific yeah. spirits, uh, summoning things like that. Does that play a part in modern witchcraft? Can I get Jim to summon me a Loveland Frogman? <laughs> uh, okay, so sort of, but not really. <laughs> yeah, kind of, sort of, yes. Um, depending on your path and depending on your belief system as a witch depends on kind of certain things and um, like. Celtic witches often will work with fae. Um, so they might have different type of house spirits. They might have fairies that they work with, elves that they work with, brownies that they work with. Um, but then there are other witches like myself who have a spirit team who are literally, you know, spirit that kind of help you decide what's right and wrong with your craft and what, you know, what do you need to do? So it just depends um, there are people that do summoning of different entities. It just depends on their path, what they're doing, what they're comfortable with, what their work looks like. My work doesn't look like summoning people. My work just looks like saying, hey, buddy, you got me? Cool. All right. Thanks. You know? <laughs> For me, um, as far as like familiars go, I've, I've had a few in my lifetime. Um, I love animals. I, I have an affinity with, with, with creatures of all sorts. Um, I've always loved them and they find me just like people, friends, you know, different things like that. They, they, they find their way into my life um, and their companions, they help support my mental well-being um they're there for me to to give me strength in many ways um so they're not traditionally um what's the word i'm looking for uh cliche familiars where they're they're doing the work okay yes i have a cat named salem but i you know she she showed up at my door uh, when my heart was hurting, um, I had another cat who I was very close with, who I think was one of my familiars, and she was passing from from cancer. And Salem is a little tiny black kitten showed up on my back porch, and then wandered into my home. and And here she is, and she follows me around, um, and she'll sometimes sit in my circle, and and. That to me, that's what a familiar is. Right. It, it yep. it's a it's another creature, being deity, what have you, who who helps you to grow, learn, heal, manifest, and um, can help you ground and focus. Right. I I absolutely agree with that. That's yeah. a great definition. Completely echo that sentiment about animals and spirits yeah definitely yeah. or whatever other beings you decide to work with including mm -hmm. the lovely tree frogs yeah, or frogmen <laughs> he exists but i'm surprised storm yes why i figured you'd want a chupacabra or something well we, we gotta progressively work up and you're not in mexico you're in in ohio okay fair point 
You don't want to get in over your head by making a chupacabra too soon before you're ready. <laughs> and also, yeah, and the chupacabras are weird and scary. I mean, they're Loveland frogmen. They ran around wearing pants and a uh, had a wand. So I, I think you know they they might be a good progression and go if I'm going to go you know witchcraft and bring something in something wearing pants and having a magic wand might be a good way to go. So are you really just having a problem with the chupacabra because he doesn't wear pants? Uh, Sounds like yes, yeah. goats. So yeah. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Any final questions after that one? <laughs> I'm done. Well, ladies, it has been an absolute delight to have you on here. I I have learned personally a lot of things I did not know before. And, you know, having, you know, limited knowledge of witches, witchcraft, Wiccans, all these things, it has been just a fascinating conversation and well-deserving for our Halloween spooktacular. We're very happy that you were able to join us. This is normally the part of the show we call the plugs. We know that you don't necessarily work or own for own haunts anymore or work for haunts anymore. Maybe you do, but uh, if you have a witchy type or other related business that you would like to promote, if you do readings or if you sell products or anything like that, um, now would be a good time to plug them and we'll just go down the line. Kyla, do you have anything that you would like to plug? Do you have a, a business or do anything on the side? And if so, does it have a website or a social media presence? I do. So I'm actually a reader, I'm Ricky Treater and a psychopomp. And I am can be found on Facebook at Spirit of Vision Services or at the Story Ritual Metaphysical. Very nice. Uh, Mrs. M, how about you? I actually have a YouTube and TikTok presence um, on YouTube every Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I do free one card readings. And so you just got to join chat and say, hey, throw me in the queue and I will read your cards for you. That channel is Talking with Mrs. M. And on TikTok, I'm known as the Whimsical Mrs. M. What's been the most unusual card you've drawn on somebody? Oh, that's a great question. Oh, no. I think the most unusual card I have drawn on somebody was an oracle card. And they, my oracle deck has crystals in it. And it was an obsidian. And I looked at him and I was like, are you clearing negativity? And the person put in chat, I can't get that blank out of my life fast enough. And that that was an unusual card moment. Okay. <laughs> It's like, oh, okay, so you know what you're clearing out. All right, as long as we're good. <laughs> Tremendously interesting. And and D, do you have anything that you would like to plug? Well, everything that I do is is pretty much regional where I'm at. Um, I I'm a beautician in a in a salon. Um, and I'm not sure if if my bosses would like <laughs> all of our clients to like know that I'm openly a witch. Uh, and the business that my daughter and I own together. Um, my daughter is um autistic, and she's already had some negative things happen with her. So we we're trying to keep uh my personal life and our business lives just a little bit separate right fair now enough. So. fair enough but thank you for having me and this was so wonderful and i'm so glad to have met a few new friendly faces this is Absolutely. great this was a lot Definitely. of fun thank you 
Yes. Well, before you go anywhere, again, we would like to thank our very special guests, D from Chicago, Mrs. M from Central Florida, and Kyla from the East Coast of Canada. We want to wish you all a very special, happy, and safe Halloween coming in just a few days. I'm sure you have some very interesting plans for the 31st. And of course, we could not do this without our wonderful hosts who do this each and every show, including Storm. You know, I, I love the concept of moon water. I need Jim to whip me up a case of Fiji moon water. We got to go high quality, not the, you know, Sam's Choice stuff. But I am curious, Jim, you, you've never made moon beer? Let's find out from Meat Hook Jim. Uh, that is going to be something I'm going to have to look into. Yep. There is a full moon coming up not too long beer. in the future. That mm. It would have some interesting properties, that's for sure. Yes. <laughs> and this of course, we like when the marketing weasel gets hold of witchcraft. Yeah. <laughs> is no comment. We'd also like to thank, of course, the old crone, aka Jana. This has been a blast, but I've never had my cards read. Definitely. Somebody needs to, to read YouTube. my cards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Have fun. Let's do it. We'll, we'll hook you guys up off the air here. Once yeah. again, folks, my name is Drew Badger. And again, on behalf of all the hosts and everybody we've had during the course of the year, this is our last show before Halloween. So once again, we wish to wish each and every one of you a very happy and safe Halloween. And of course, you've got just a few days left and maybe the week after to get out there and hit those haunted attractions. Support your local haunted houses, folks, because that's what we do here on The Big Scary Show. Happy Halloween from the old crone. <laughs> passion is what drives us. The passion to be the best. For over 10 years, that passion has taken us from eBay to becoming the driving force in the haunted house industry. And we are just getting started. From flex props, nine-foot giants. Great details, great looks, and great pricing is the foundation we are built on. Our heart beats Halloween and haunts. We are a creepy collection. Let us deliver our passion to your haunted attraction this season. CreepyCollection.com. Now that's
Hello everybody, Drew Badger here, live on the road, literally on the road. I am on the interstate heading towards Charlotte Douglas International Airport, where my passenger will be boarding a flight for parts unknown. Actually, we'll probably find out where. For the past 18 hours or so, I have been shadowing, bodyguarding, working with the lovely and talented star of American Horror Story, although she wasn't necessarily lovely in American Horror Story, but she is right now, the beautiful Naomi Grossman, who has been on the show many times. Always a delight to have you here. How are you doing? Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. <laughs> I'm amazed you're able to drive and uh, podcast at the same time. Uh, I am a man of many talents, apparently. I don't know. I'm just driving and talking here. But um, you made an appearance this weekend at Tiny TerrorCon in Hickory. You know, we've been running some interviews from that on this show. And uh, last night you had an appearance at the Haunted Pyramids, where I have also been working this season, and to say it was a busy 24 hours for you then was probably a really big understatement. Yeah, I mean, this is my life, but yes, that was a lot in in one day, (laughs) but it was a lot of awesome. Let's face it, we've all come through COVID, and uh, you know, I said to myself, I would never, uh, you know, never say no again. I would, (laughs) like... Sounds as far as making appearances, right, right, right. And stuff I should like that. preface that. No, but uh, you know, we spent what a year or two isolated in our homes. It's awfully nice to be out and about and with people, and it's uh, so I, I, I can't. Uh, I, it's early. It is early in the morning. We're we're taking her on a flight to. Uh, well, let's let's say it. You're heading to the Midwest in a moment, and uh, then you're going international across the pond, so to speak. Yeah, I'm going to Columbus today to uh, shoot a movie in uh, uh, Ohio. It's called Hauntology. Um, and then I'll leave on Thursday from there to uh, uh, Manchester, England for, for the love of horror, which is another horror con. And you'll be out there a few days and then coming right back to the Carolinas for a few nights in North and South Carolina. That's right. I'll be at Fear Farm and then again, Haunted Pyramids. So Fear Farm is in Blacksburg, South Carolina, and that is Friday the 28th? I believe, yes. And then Saturday the 29th, the 30th, and Halloween night, you will be at the Haunted Pyramids. Correct. So, and speaking of the Haunted Pyramids, let's just get right down to it. It was a busy, busy night. I mean, this was the first weekend that, you know, everybody decides to go to a haunted house. There were two plus hour lines waiting out there. And, you know, when people were coming into the area where you were located, I saw a lot of them staring at your pictures, staring at you, the pictures and you, and all of a sudden it clicks. Oh my God, you're that person. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think after two and a half hours of standing in the cold, there, that's the last thing they expect. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was, you know, it's uh, it's always fun to, to meet fans. And what were some of the, uh, I guess, some of the, the accolades? I know people were saying, oh, my God, I love your show. Oh, my God, I can't believe you're that person, the, the makeup or whatever. And a lot of people were asking you if you really shaved your head every day. That was, that I thought was very funny. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, I answer these same questions every single day of my life so uh, I'm like really is there anyone in the world that doesn't know that I shaved my head at this point uh no but um yeah yeah (laughs) I think that I think the thing is you know now that American Horror Story I believe is on Netflix 
it's kind of introducing a new generation of people who didn't catch it when it first aired, you know, eight, nine, ten years ago. And, and now, because there was a lot of kids who were saying, oh, my God, I'm binge-watching you right now. And, mm-hmm. and I love this season. And I, and I didn't realize you were that person and, and all that. And, and I think that's great now. It's, you know, all these, you know, Hulu and Netflix and stuff playing these old shows are kind of rediscovering the audience. And, and a lot of the younger people are now suddenly realizing, oh, my gosh, it's you. Right. Well, it's... Uh the fact that it's still on television makes it still relevant. You know, people are... It's not like some old show. I mean, even though it's... Yeah, this is actually my 10-year anniversary... Congratulations. Uh, thank you. ...of appearing on American Horror Story is tomorrow. Um, wow. Which is exciting. And, of course, this probably will air after that. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of crazy to think that, you know, 10 years ago, my life sort of took a turn. And all the rest, as they say, is history. But, you know, you're not only known for Pepper on American Horror Story. You have been doing a series of solo shows. I mean, back in the day, we used to call them one-act, one-man, one-woman shows. But uh, And you've got a third one in the works. What's going on with that? Yeah. Um, so my first two uh, are um, Girl in Argentine Landscape and Carnival Knowledge. Uh, respectively. And uh, yeah, that's kind of what I did uh, prior to any sort of success on American Horror Story. Um, They're, you know, basically one hour comedy specials. Um, Although at the time they weren't called that because (laughs) nobody watched that kind of thing streaming. And these were still not available for streaming. Um, Although I I actually just passed on a little distribution deal uh, specifically because I do have this upcoming one coming up called American Horror Story and I feel like those two are going to be that much more sort of have that much more worth when there's once there's a third that I might as well keep it a little closer to the vest and you know packages a trilogy so to speak correct yeah excellent so when can we expect to hear about American Horror Story and I assume you'll be playing that in the in and around the greater LA area and then maybe taking it on the road <laughs> correct so the plan is to, uh, well, there will be some announcements to answer all your questions within the next day uh, on this 10-year anniversary, uh, and of course Halloween, which is always a big, big day uh, for us, um, and telling you exactly our plans, but um, I can, yeah, I can kind of tease a little bit that, uh, indeed, since... Uh, I live in LA, and of course, network executives live in LA. Uh, I will, I'll be doing it there. A little run, uh, limited engagement in in Los Angeles first. We'll from there go to New York, uh, and then most likely because most of all of us went to school in Chicago together, we'll probably go to Chicago just for old times. Very sake. very nice. For people wanting more information about American Horror Story, that'll be coming hopefully to a theater in those greater cities soon or everything Naomi Grossman you know your convention appearances up coming up through October the end of October Halloween Mm -hmm. of course you're going to be at the pyramids and the fear farm and where you're going to be in November Mm -hmm. how can people get more information I know you're on TikTok I know you're on Instagram (laughs) you've got all the social medias but right. where can fi- people find out that information? So I am at NaomiGrossman.net. 
Um, our website for the new show is AmericanHorrorStory.com, and that will be dropping on Halloween. People can reserve their tickets then, uh, but not to fear. Uh-huh. Uh, if uh, you aren't in LA, New York, or Chicago, uh, we do. Uh, we are, of course, hoping to um, get a capture and you know sell this to a Netflix or Hulu and, and have it as one of these streaming hour comedy specials. Seems like everybody else has one. I don't know why <laughs> I don't. But um, anyway, so but yes, in the meantime, uh, you know, I do always have them, you know, on my table at a Comic Con. Um, I think in November I have just one con booked at this point but that's a, that's fine after this Halloween season that's actually perfect um, I'll be in Colorado my home state in um, actually Pueblo which is about two hour two and a half hours south of Denver um, for the Soco comic-con uh, the second weekend or I guess it's the first weekend in November. Excellent. Naomi, it's always a delight to hang out with you and chat and watch you interact with your fans. Very personable. If you ever get a chance to meet her at a show, go and do so. She's delightful. She has a beautiful smile and will talk to you, answer questions, and all that great stuff. Again, I look forward to seeing you again at the Haunted Pyramids around Halloween weekend and Fear Farm in Blacksburg, South Carolina, right off I-85. Once again, folks, NaomiGrossman.net. Look for her on Instagram, TikTok, all the social medias. Oh, right. I forgot to plug that. Naomi <laughs> W. Grossman. There the you W go. always eludes people. But uh, the little black blue check mark does not. So there you go. You'll know it's me. you got to love being uh, verified up on the uh, socials know. there. <laughs> There's some imposters, but, they're, uh, but I think it's flattering at the end of the day, right? Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, exactly. as they say. Once again, folks... Drew Badger here for the Big Scary Show with the lovely Naomi Grossman at my side, getting ready to put her on a plane to Ohio and then off across the pond in jolly old England. <laughs> it has been a long weekend. It has been a long trip, and we're having a grand old time, and Halloween still is not yet over. Ooh. So stay tuned, folks. we got a lot more coming here. My name is Drew Badger on the Big Scary Show, and we're out. Bye. Ohio Haunted House Owners. Actors and enthusiasts, join the new Ohio Haunters Association. We are working with haunters across the state, from home to pro, to strengthen the Ohio haunt community. Open to all owners, actors, makeup artists, prop builders, designers, and Halloween paranormal enthusiasts. The Ohio Haunters Association, where haunting is the heart of it all. Look for us on Facebook. Greetings, listeners, and welcome. Watch out. Don't trip over that torso. It's time for Between the Corpses. Greetings, listeners, on this episode of Between the Corpses for Halloween, we are going to discuss whipping. In medieval England, whipping was a traditional punishment, inflicted upon many people for many reasons. It was frequently a public affair, sometimes with spectators delivering their own blows. For centuries, pupils at English public schools 
or last is a cure-all for impudence, violence, theft, lasciviousness, thoughts, and lewd behavior. As they matured to manhood, victims testified the experience had benefited them and exhorted in its use on the next generation. It was an accepted aspect of worship. An entire spiritual movement has been founded in Europe in the Middle Ages on the basis of self-punishment by birch or thong. The flagellants sought God's blessing with this overt penance, whipping themselves and each other. The priests whipped all. As part of their vigilant pursuit of heresy, the Inquisition also administered floggings. Children were often taken to public executions and beaten on their return home to ensure the message was received. Men who wished to beat their wives had the law on their side too, so long as the weapon they wielded was not too hefty. From Tudor times, known prostitutes were whipped around the town, tied to the cart's arse. Vagrants were soundly whipped and returned to their parish if they were caught begging elsewhere. Generally, whipping was considered a just punishment. Victims were on horseback, on foot attached to a cart, or tied to a fixed pole on a platform, stripped to the waist to compound their shame. Flexing the whip was the local hangman. The condition of both were key. The more braids the whip had, the more painful the punishment, and a strong, mean hangman could deliver more accurate, powerful blows. Those whipped at the cart's tail were lashed for the duration of the journey. In 1736, when a gravedigger was punished for selling bodies for anatomization, an angry mob bribed the hangman to slow the horse. The victim received hundreds of lashes. Floggings in England rarely resulted in death, but in Russia, survivors were few. There, executioners used a, a knout, a wooden-handled whip with braided thongs, which could be frozen or threaded with wire to increase its sting. Whipping was recognized as a death penalty, with the executioners skilled at dislocating his victim's neck at a stroke. During the British area, excuse me, during the British era of the bloody codes, whipping was the usual punishment for the lesser crimes, including small-time theft, drunkenness on Sunday, rioting, peddling, and seduction. Child offenders were often dealt with in this way. But while age was no barrier, social class certainly was. Whipping was for the lower echelons of society, so gentlemen were generally spared this indignity. It was not unusual to flog women, although some authorities in the late 18th century ordered that the punishment be carried out in private. The notorious Judge Jeffries advised one hangman on how to deal with a convicted woman. Scourge her soundly, man. Scourge her till her blood runs down. It is Christmas, a cold time for Madame to strip. See that you warm her shoulders thoroughly. Poet Samuel Coleridge was appalled by the public whipping of a woman in 1811. He felt it degraded both victim and punisher. Good God! How is it possible that man born of woman could go through, this, go through the office? 
Never let it be forgotten that the woman is still woman, and however she may be debased herself, yet they sh should still shoe upon respect, still feel some reverence. After 1817, women were always whipped behind closed doors. Three years later, the punishment was restricted to men until its abolition, excuse me, abolition in Britain in 1862. Well, uh, nowadays some people like to be whipped, so uh, you know you can take it for what it's worth. Happy Halloween. The following is one thirty-second localized commercial for the four-feature marathon scheduled for Friday, October 31st. The Dynashock Show, 30 seconds for local tag ad. This Friday night, Halloween. Dino Shock. Four shockers for Halloween. The last house on the left. Mark. Of the devil. Cannibal girls. Don't look in the face. This Friday night. Dino Shock. It's Halloween Terror Night. In honor of Halloween, the old crone has written a special ghost story. Just for you. <laughs> Tammy realized she'd been staring at the Ian bite without actually seeing it anymore. Her memories hit her like a brick as she was suddenly transported back to the high school graduation. Everything about that day came back to her as vivid as if it happened yesterday. No, she thought, it wasn't yesterday. 25 years was anything but yesterday. Somehow she'd missed being invited to the previous high school reunions. But now, with all the social media, it was much harder to stay hidden. Not that she was actually trying to hide, but who was she kidding? She probably wouldn't have gone anyway. Why then was she considering going now? She hadn't been back since graduation. Her father had received a big promotion that year, which meant a move three states over. He had gone ahead to start the job, and find a house while her mom stayed with her so she could finish the last month of school. She clearly remembered screaming at the top of her lung in such a dramatic fashion as she accused her parents of ruining her life. Like most high school sweethearts, she was convinced her boyfriend Greg was the only one for her. All of their plans of going to the same college and then getting married to live happily ever after couldn't possibly happen now. She was still only 17 at the time, so staying behind or eloping was not an option. They promised each other that as soon as her 18th birthday came that summer, she would get on a bus and come right back to him. But plans and promises aren't always kept. The morning after graduation, they were to see each other one last time before the horribly long six weeks apart was to begin. She eagerly went to their favorite spot at the Montenegro Ruins, and the lake was low due to such little rainfall recently, so she could see the tops of the stairs that once led up to the motel and the rock wall that had surrounded it. 
an entire town's remains hidden below the murky waters. Homes and businesses sacrificed decades ago to create a man-made lake. When she arrived that morning, she excitedly called for him. Greg! Greg, I'm here, honey! Greg? She looked up and down the shoreline, then at her watch. She was actually early, so where was he? She found a level spot to sit down, impatiently waiting for him, as she tried to decipher the newest graffiti on the remains of the buildings that were never submerged. They were a favorite hideout for drunken teen parties, and some even claimed devil worshippers who would hold ceremonies there. Of course, she never saw anyone that looked any more dangerous than the occasional metalhead. She looked at her watch again. What? It hadn't budged. She quickly placed it to her ear and let out a groan. Her watch had stopped. How late was she? Did she oversleep? What if he waited for her and got mad and left? She quickly ran home to call him. If only she had stayed a few more minutes. She never saw or talked to Greg again. Her mother whisked her out of town in order to stay on schedule to their new home. She tried calling his house every chance she could, but no one ever answered except for the last time. Hi, Mrs. Walden. Can I speak to Greg? Nothing on the other end but a click, then a dial tone. She sent letters to him every day, only to get them back weeks later, unopened. So she finally quit trying. Her 18th birthday came and went, then college where she met a wonderful man and lived her happily ever after life she had always wanted. Tammy shook the webs of nostalgia out of her mind as she looked at the e-invite once more. Okay, damn it, she said under her breath. She'd go this time, if for no other reason than to get an explanation from Greg and why he stood her up that morning. Greg also had memories of that day. He rarely thought of anything else. The smell of Tammy's hair, her soft skin, and her eyes, those beautiful green eyes. He remembers watching her that morning as the breeze from the lake lightly tossed her hair. He wanted to hold her and kiss her one last time. He wanted to tell her he was there. Tammy had checked into the small hotel the night before the reunion. She could feel the nervous butterflies in her stomach. Would she recognize anyone? She hadn't bothered to stay in touch with anybody from high school. Well, Greg was her whole world then. She didn't need anyone else. Oh my God, would I recognize Greg, she panically thought. Would, she, would he recognize her? A hot shower was exactly what she needed to help her relax. She took a deep cleansing breath and slowly fell asleep as the floral scent of her shampoo wafted from her clean hair. She was greeted to her dreams by Greg, looking as young and handsome as he did the last time she saw him. His perfect smile and dimple brought a smile to her own face. She called to him as the wind suddenly shifted, and it brought with it a stench of rotting fish and decay. Oh. She felt the water on her feet and looked down to see that she was standing on the rock wall as the water level quickly rose. She looked back at Greg and he was still standing there smiling like a stupid statue and completely oblivious to the smell and the rising water. Greg, she shouted, help me. 
He gave no response. Tammy looked down at the water now, coming over her knees. She decided to jump off the wall into the water to swim to shore. <coughs> Tammy sat up in bed, simultaneously coughing and gasping for air, until she was finally able to take a slow, deep breath. What the hell? She almost shouted out loud, as if expecting someone to answer. She turned on the bedside lamp and rubbed her hands over her face. Then she smelled it. That odor so familiar to her as a kid. Tammy grabbed a lock of her hair and sniffed. Lake water? Her hair smelled like it did when it would dry in the summer heat after swimming all day. Yuck, she muttered as she headed to the shower. She wondered what made her hair smell like Beaver Lake. The dream was lingering with her. It seemed so real. And why did Greg just stand there? She tossed and turned in the bed, unable to go back to sleep. Finally hoping the drone of infomercials would help, she turned on the TV. Tammy woke the next morning with a few dark circles under her eyes, but nothing makeup couldn't hide. It was such a weird night, she thought, but rationalized it as the result of heightened nerves and the possibility of seeing Greg again after all this time. But something nagged at her as she nibbled on a bagel at the local coffee shop. An idea came to her to go down to the lake. Maybe she had some unresolved feelings she needed to sort out before this evening. Tammy soon found herself standing on the shore of Montney. She couldn't see the underground ruins this time of the year. They must have had a wet spring. And she took notice of the new eight-foot chain-link fence surrounding the nearly demolished buildings. Some graffiti still remained, but it was faded. Guess they had decided it was getting too dangerous to let people roam around them. She laughed at herself, wondering where all the devil worshippers met now. She looked out to where the rock wall would be, right below the surface, and remembered the first time Greg kissed her. Tammy! Startled <gasps> to hear her name, she whipped around, expecting someone to be standing right behind her. There was no one there. <sighs> okay, girl, you're too young to be going senile. She turned back around and looked out at the water. Then something caught her eye, floating just below the surface. Ooh, she thought. I hope it's not a dead fish. Suddenly remembering the stench from her dream the night before, she walked along the shore to try to get a closer look, for curiosity's sake, of course. As she walked closer, she could tell it was much larger than a fish. This caused her to remember stories of how the mob used to dump bodies in Beaver Lake. Not that she ever believed them as being any more than rumors, but it remained to be the reason a lot of locals refused to swim in the lake. Tammy cautiously slowed her pace. It, it did almost look like a partially floating body. Lord, she thought, please don't let it be a body, please don't let it be a body, please don't let it be a body. She grabbed a branch laying on the shore. Sure, Tammy, find a body and poke it with a stick, she mumbled to herself. <gasps> she backed away, realizing it was indeed a body. She fell backwards over a rock as the body rolled over in the water. The body belonged to Greg! No! No! She kept repeating to herself as she scrambled away, praying her feet would carry her away at the same fast pace as her heartbeat. She managed to run to the car, jumping in and locking the door, breathing heavily and trying to calm herself as she looked back at the water. <sighs> Nothing. 
she slowly got out of the car and walked cautiously to the water to where she saw Greg. Nothing. She stared at the water, telling herself there is no way. Whatever it was couldn't have disappeared so quick. There is no way that was Greg. He looked like he was still 18. Oh my God, I'm going insane, she said. A rum and coke or two at the hotel calmed her nerves somewhat, and she managed to take herself to the reunion. Tammy tried to convince herself that it was some kind of hallucination. None of it was real. And as soon as she saw Greg at the reunion, she'd just laugh about it. <sighs> the banquet hall was decked out like a tacky high school dance, she remembered. Cool colors combined with silver and the number 25 on everything. She suddenly felt very old as she wandered over to the greeter to get her name tag. Tammy pretended to remember the person playing hostess, but even the name tag saying Becky in bold letters didn't help jog her memory. She nonchalantly decided to look for Greg's name tag, only to find it not on the table. Was he here already? <clears throat> Excuse me, um, uh, Becky, yeah, um, she quietly asked. Has Greg Walden already checked in? Becky looked at her with some confusion, then sadness. Oh, honey, I assumed you knew, since you were so close in school. N know what? Tammy asked nervously. Well, Greg went missing the day after graduation. And you know how the rumor mill is around here. Some thought he'd run away. Some thought he'd drowned himself from a broken heart on account of you leaving town. And some said the devil worshippers kidnapped him and sacrificed him for some ritual. Myself, I think it was the mob that got him. Anywho, sorry I had to be the one to tell you, but you know, they never found him and we just don't know what happened. Ragdolls, Halloween night, on the big scary show. Yeah. 
Everybody, Drew Badger here. We are live at the Tiny Terracon here in Hickory, North Carolina. For some reason, some strange set of circumstances, we are vending here. So we got a lot of cool people to check out and all this and walked past a booth for Fear Farm at down in Blacksburg, South Carolina. And who was sitting there but Kingpin the Clown, who said he would graciously come by and chat with us. So, you know, I'm sitting next to a clown. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But Kingpin, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. What about yourself? Oh, we're having a good time here in Hickory, North Carolina. The leaves are changing. It is the middle of haunt season. We're all having a grand old time. And I assume Fear Farm down in Blacksburg is doing gangbusters this time of year. Oh, we're having a killer time over there. Uh, killer. I see what you did there. So tell me, for people who are wanting to go down to Blacksburg, which is just off I-85, not too far there, and they want to go check out a quality haunted house, what kind of stuff could people expect at the Fear Farm? You know, like, that thing whenever you walk out into the woods, and there's almost like, it's like cabin fever out there. I mean, it's, it's really just the fear at the farm, where fear grows. And yet, it's not just a farm. You've got multiple attractions out there. Yeah, we actually have five attractions, one location. We're actually 13th nationally ranked this year oh man that's a great number to be right 13th friday the 13th i don't know oh, we get it so what does kingpin do is there some sort of special clown type or circus carnival type area there or are you like a wandering actor what do you do at the fear Farm? actually you know i'm like our midway actor so we have a midway and we have awesome stuff from like escape rooms to a bunch of great actors out there and we have concession stands escape rooms so it kind of cuts down like you know as like you go to a haunted house and you you get in a line and you're waiting for hours and you're bored <laughs> well our haunt offers you know entertainment from the time you get in the gates can't argue with that and you know that waiting in line stuff is so horrible everybody hates it so i'm assuming you do or do not do time ticketing out there um, I don't, we, we go by A through Z. So we have like a, a ticket process that goes from A to Z. Like whenever you buy tickets, it's like A group, a B group, a, yeah. It works. Okay. So I, I got you there. So for people wanting more information about Fear Farm, say, as I said, you're traveling along 85, you want to see some pretty leaves while you're driving and then check out a haunted house. Are there websites or social medias where people can get information? SCFearFarm.com scfearfarm.com is just that simple. Kingpin, I want to take the time to thank you here for coming and speaking to us here at the Big Scary Show, and good luck with uh, 
making people, shall we say, exude body fluids through their bodies while they uh, come out there. Well, hey, thanks for having us on the show. Honestly, we look forward to seeing all these victims out here. Um, Once again, we appreciate you guys for having us. (laughs) All right. Once again, folks, my name is Drew Badger. I'm out here at Tiny TerrorCon in Hickory, North Carolina, hanging with the clowns and everybody else. And we're out. In 1897, Dr. Alexander Hammond arrived at an institution for the criminally insane, only to discover the unsolved murders of several guards. Drivers, where are we? Jerry Vane takes you into Black Moon Asylum, a twisted abyss of torment, madness, and the horrifying mystery of patient 292. Time for your medication. Black Moon Asylum, a symphonic journey into darkness from instrumentalist Jerry Vane. Download Black Moon Asylum at jerryvane.com, iTunes, cdbaby.com, Amazon MP3, and your favorite download site. Hello, folks. Drew Badger here. We are live at Tiny TerrorCon in Hickory, North Carolina. The show's starting to wind down a little bit. Got, you know, a little more than an hour or so left. But I uh, wanted to get a chance to talk to the organizer here just a bit to uh, get his thoughts on it. This is Jacob Edwards of Tiny TerrorCon. How are you doing, sir? Fantastic. I hope you are well. well we, we had a fun time here talking to as, as many vendors and some saw some friends that we hadn't seen in a while and some cool celebrities that you managed to get here so it was awesome and tiny terror that's an odd name for a convention yeah well uh our first one we did in a family video building um family video had been out of business for maybe a year and we were friends with the uh manager there and so they let us uh hold our first event there so it was a smaller version of like a a mad monster party or you know a scare fest or something like that so that's where the tiny part comes from (laughs) uh um and you know compared to those even this one's kind of smaller in in comparison uh but next year for our third show we will be dropping the tiny and it'll, it'll be nc terracon um just because i think a lot of people you know have already said today that we've outgrown the tiny part <laughs> well there's some breaking news for you right there folks it's, it's look exclusive. for nc tiny con there you go yeah, exclusive yep. at the moment absolutely so how did this co- i'm assuming because you just said that i'm assuming that this show was better than last year's i mean the, you had good crowds here and it looked like a lot of fun everybody was having some sales and buying and autographs were being purchased and all that good stuff oh yeah yeah i mean it's it's multiple times bigger than what we did last year um last year was a fun show it was a labor of love, his little engine that could. But this one, yeah, we're 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 big boys now. It's, it's full on con, you know, at the convention center and everything. And how did the local community re- react? I mean, is is ninety five percent of this from the Hickory Unifor area, or do you have people coming in from Charlotte or Asheville, Boone, Winston Salem, that area? So that was actually whenever I was putting together the uh, the VIP and the general admission list last night. Um, so people would come in, check, get their VIP badge. Um, my favorite thing was to see where everybody's from. Uh, we've had we had two people come down from uh, West Virginia. We had people come from Tennessee. Um, you know, a ton of locals, obviously. The locals, you know, we put on the Hickory Comic Con here. A lot of the locals support us. Like we love them for it. Um, but there was so many people that traveled. I mean, like it's kind of flattering. They traveled, you know, hours away to come to our little show. Um, but yeah, just seeing, you know, Georgia. West Virginia, Virginia. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man, that's crazy. Well, you can't have too many cons, in my opinion, especially in a town like this that is not known for having this kind of a convention here. 
That is true. We kind of wanted to do that. You know, like we have the Hickory Con here. Uh, You know, there's the toy show that happens, but they don't really bring in a ton of celebrities. And I kind of wanted to, you know, bring out a couple celebrities, see that it can be done. You know, like um, Tyler Maine's kind of a big get, you know. Um, So I... uh, I'm very pleased. Like everything's said and done. Like I'm, I'm ecstatic. So I'm assuming you've already decided you're going to do this again since you're dropping the name Tiny, and mm. you have dates and locations for this for next year. Yeah. So next year uh, we're going to hopefully uh, move to a multiple day show. Uh, we're going to do um, Friday and Saturday for sure because uh, Friday the 13th is October. And can't forget Friday the 13th next year. Exactly. So we're going to do 13th, 14th. Um, Would you be looking for Friday the 13th guests for that show? So uh, our first show, we booked R.A., um, the Leatherface from uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Wonderful guy. His agent is Kane Hodder's agent. Ah, uh, Kane's been on the show too. Oh, perfect. So I would love to get Kane. Um, so we, we're going to reach out and see if, you know, we can make that happen. Um, you know, I've met him three or four times. He's always such a good guy. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's such a, an interesting guy to meet and he'll, it, he's very like imposing figure, but like one of the sweetest guys. So it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm assuming that's October 13th and 14th of 2023. Is it going to be here at the convention center? Yes, we want it to be here at the convention center. We have a contingency plan if they can accommodate us for a weekend show, um, not too far from here. But we we love working with the Metro Center. So if, they, if they'll have us, we'll, we'll be here. And you're literally 100 yards from I-40. So you yes. can't complain that you, you can't find it or it's hard to get to. Walk out the front doors, you're looking at the interstate. Absolutely. Uh, you're, you're going to pass it. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, like you, it, either way you're driving, you're like, oh, there it is. You know, I mean, it's just right off the interstate. And leaf season is in full swing right now, so you know you're going to get a lot of tourists coming down through here, checking out the foliage and the mountains, which are just a half hour away. You know, the beautiful foothills of North Carolina in October is absolutely gorgeous. So, folks, if you are traveling in 2023 through mid-October, checking out the leaves and all that cool stuff, why don't you take a quick pop off of uh, exit 125 or 126 and come over here and see what will be called NC TerrorCon next year. Jacob, it's a pleasure to have you here on the show. Thank you so very much for letting us come out and do it. Oh, and uh, we look forward to working with you over the course of the next year to make this a very successful thing. Thanks, man. All right. Once again, folks, my name is Drew Badger for The Big Scary Show. We are at Tiny TerrorCon, the last year it's happening. <laughs> look for NC TerrorCon next year. And we're out. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Drew Badger here. And I just want to take a moment to reflect on the Halloween season. I hope you have had a wonderful one so far. There's still a couple of weeks left to get out there and enjoy some attractions and decorations and get your costumes in order and, of course, trick-or-treating with your kids and your families and all that great stuff. The parties, the costume contests, all the fun things that make Halloween the special time of the year that it is. And unfortunately, it goes away way too quickly. So we hope you've been enjoying a fantastic season. On behalf of Storm, Meat Hook Jim, The Old Crone, past members of the show, Jerry Vane, Dog Soldier, Wicked Wendy, Sylvia Vile, Veister, and even Tater, we want to wish you a very happy, safe, and of course, spooky Halloween. Once the season's over, folks, we don't stop here. We hope that each and every one of you will continue to tune in to The Big Scary Show every single week of the year. 
for all the latest in Halloween, haunted houses, and horror news. We don't stop, and we hope you don't either. So once again, folks, thank you so much for making this show what it has been for the past ten and a half years. Like we say in the uh, outro, without you, we are nothing. So thank you for listening. We hope you will continue to do so. And of course, happy Halloween. sense of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. Van Helsing's Curse, Halloween. On the Big Scary Show.
ups yourself. If they're worth dressing right, they're worth Von Karam. When you scare enough to wear the very best. Boncaron.com. V-O-N-C-H-A-R-O-N.com. As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screamline Studios. Creepy Collection. Dark Imaginings. Fright Finder. Haunt Pay. Von Caron Productions. And VFX Creates. We'd also like to thank Virgil Franklin, Master of the Ether Muse. And we couldn't do this without the three ghosts, including Badger, Haunt Consulting and more, rabidbadger.org. Meat Hook Jim, check out his other podcast at wrestlehorror.com. And Storm, Rants and more, hauntminute.com. And finally, you, the listener. Without you, we are nothing. The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves. <laughs>